Mike, turn your games down. Hi, episode 244 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helpman. Who is a samurai with me tonight? I am Gogandantis, the greatest swordsman of the demon world. It's Julian Titus, back after a long, long hiatus. Yes, it's been a while. And where do my people know you from? Uh, you would know me from Nerds Without Pants, celebrating 10 years of pantsless podcasting. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good amount of time, 10 years. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> we actually, um, we've gone weekly this year, so we do listener interactive episodes every two weeks. And then on the in-between weeks, we are now doing news editions with listener emails as well. So okay. uh, that's definitely changed things up quite a bit this year. So no, no longer three-hour episodes? Oh, no, they're they're oh. actually, like, cl- closer to four. I, I thought that once we went weekly that these shows would get shorter over time, but me and my co-host Justin can just go. Um, and we've actually, the news episodes have been really great. I, I, I don't like video game news in general because it tends to just be very reactionary and, and rumory, but our news stuff has become... Like, we've ended up with some really interesting conversations out of the stories. So they've actually become one of my favorite things to do. So I wasn't expecting that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. video game news never interested me, so I, I get that. But I'm glad yeah. that you guys are enjoying it. Yeah, when I first started writing for Pixelbit, like, they had me on the news beat, and I was like, this is boring. <laughs> well, it's just reciting what you've heard elsewhere or some, you know, other things that have been posted at this point. Pretty much, yeah. Not like the older days when it was like, oh, you know, no one else has access to this that we're publishing. Exactly. And now you have X where, you know, people get their their news from some people. <laughs> it's still Twitter for me. I haven't updated the app. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. I didn't want to. It automatically updated my like, God oh, damn it. All of a sudden the blue bird was gone. And I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> so I get it. So we are here to talk about a game that I bought apparently back in 2005 for $13, the sticker told me. Uh, Animusha 2 Samurai's Destiny for published and developed by Capcom came out in 2002. Yeah, just a year after the first game. That is quick. Yeah, I... I, I was reading, at... I was watching the video. Oh, they were saying that they developed it during the same time as the first one. Yeah, that, that's that's what I had seen. And I had also forgotten, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I, I know so much that I'm forgetting stuff, but... I had forgotten that Onimusha had originally began development for the PS1. And also I was shocked when I when I got to the end of Onimusha 2 for this playthrough because I hadn't I haven't played it since 2002 and saw the teaser trailer for Onimusha 3 and I was like god damn like they were they were pretty confident. <laughs> they were moving the series back then. I didn't realize that either. I, when I saw that too and I was like it's like it's like the end of the series. I'm like hmm, are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I'm not. <laughs> That made me laugh. It was just weird to me because it was like, I, I was surprised, like with you, I'm surprised that Capcom was that into Animusha where they're like, this is going to make us money. We're going to keep making them. Yeah. And, you know, I, but, but at the same time, Capcom was moving from strength to strength, right? Like, I feel, I was thinking about this last night, like starting with Resident Evil, it, it really kicks off this golden age for Capcom that I feel lasts well into like the 360 generation where they were just releasing a, vast and diverse amount of games and definitely not all of them hit but there was a lot of gold in there and very very capcom i like you can see a capcom game from this era 
like from a distance and be like, that's a Capcom game, right? Like they, they had a very like strong sense of identity. Um, yeah. So it makes sense to me. But but even the, even then, it's like thinking about how games are made today. We're, you know, I mean, nothing is made today without intending for it to be a franchise. Mm-hmm. But to have already committed to three games before the first game is even done is yeah. kind of amazing. <laughs> This is a different. I mean, I feel like games are probably cheaper too at this time than they are oh, now. Which yeah. ridiculous how much they spend. Like, oh, this game only sold a million copies. It's a failed. There you go, Square Enix. But yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, I remember Animusha One when it came out because my friend had got it with his P- with his PS2 for launch, and I didn't think much about it. And then Animusha Two came out, which I never played. I bought <laughs> with the intention of someday get to, but I don't know. I was just. I just wasn't that interested in this series, and the series has disappeared after four for the most part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Four is the only one that I haven't played. I even played the uh, Onimusha Tactics for the GBA. Like, I really <laughs> love this franchise. The game is amazing, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's great. I beat um, it too. <laughs> I loved it. Played it on my phone at at one of my old jobs when I was in between work. I would play it all the time, and then just I loved that game so much. That was a yeah. great RPG. It was pretty cool how they actually were able to somehow work the Eason counter thing from the action games into the the strategy RPG, which is that timing based like flash that you do where you just like kill enemies in one hit and you can chain them together, but you can actually do it in that turn based RPG. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's neat. I didn't know that. I don't, I don't think I did it in, I mean, it's been a while since I played on English tactics. I, I'm going to go back to it at some point after I, especially if I play more of the series. Yeah. <laughs> no, this game kind of surprised me too, because it, it's just, it's much different than you expect, but it's also, I felt, way improved on Animusha 1. Like, I think one part that always threw me off, I know I did start this game up once in my life for, like, maybe 15 minutes, tried it out. You weren't Sanosuke. You were just this random new guy, and I just kind of, it didn't stick with me. I just tested it to make sure it worked, then I put the game down and never touched it again. Right. Until this past week. I also emulated this because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, didn't I was, feel comfortable playing this on a le- well that I don't even have a working PS2 anymore, but I didn't want to play this on legit hardware anyway. I wanted my save states. But it, the- it was it was a little bit of a of a challenge like getting this one up because my I, I moved into a house a couple years ago and I've been really lazy about setting like unpacking because I kind of hate it here. And when when you would approach me for owning Witcher 2, I was like, yeah, that'll be a really good excuse for me to like finally like finish unpacking the game room and get it all set up and then <laughs> As it was looming, I was like, shit, I need I need to I need to get this set up. And like I went through, I think, four boxes of consoles before I finally found um, (laughs) one of my three PS2 slims, because I have like three systems that are in various states of disrepair. Like the one that I ultimately ended up using for this playthrough, the memory card slot one doesn't work. But then another one has uh, the the second player controller port doesn't work. And then I think the other one, it might be a disc read error or something like that. I, but I kept them because I want to get into like Trying video game some. console, like tinkering and, and repair and stuff like that. And I figure I can probably just like cobble together a fully functional one with the three of those. But yeah, and I, and I couldn't find the power cord for my game room TV. <laughs> and, I, and I thought it was fine because I was like, oh, well, my living room TV has component jacks, so that'll be fine. I'll just play it on my 65 inch, you know screen in my living room but uh no i th- i think certain models of that tv may have component inputs but mine does not and then, so i was like kind of freaking out because i was like where's the power cord i can't find the power <laughs> cord but eventually i did it and i was like basically playing it sort of like a kid in a dorm room where i was like 
you know, my knees were bumping up against the entertainment center that I have <laughs> this TV attached to. Uh, I was like literally like inches away from the PS2, but it kind of made it like like kind of a pretty interesting experience because it, it's it was like right there in my face. <laughs> hey, this game still pretty, though. Like they did yeah. a good job. It isn't an ugly PS2 game. Well, and that's I mean, you know. I know a lot of people will use like, well, something or other looks like a PS2 game as a derogatory. But, you know, I always take that to mean that because something looks low poly in in modern day. But you got to remember that, like, a lot of PS2 games actually looked phenomenal at the time and still look phenomenal because of, like, really excellent art direction. Yeah. And I think one of the things I was struck with firing this one up this week was just what a huge improvement over one year the game is graphically. Like the character models are way more detailed. The environments are way more detailed. It's, you know, it's just kind of amazing to see like that rapid iteration, you know. And I mean, I remember it because I was there at the time, but but it's still kind of amazing to compare it to now where I think you if you're looking carefully, you can definitely see the improvements in graphics over time. But it's not obviously the huge iter- rapid iteration from year to year simply because there's there's not as there's not as we don't have as much room to go anymore. Like we're getting so f- close to photorealistic graphics that once you get there, you can't go further than that. Right. Like at that point, no, not until VR. You, you really just have to rely on really excellent, like art design, which I'm, I've been saying for years, I, I hope that we, we get to photorealism and people play around with that for like two or three years. And they're like, okay, but what else can we do with this? <laughs> and then back get to back to like just doing really wild experimental art styles. I'm with that though. Like I'm, I'm art direction. Make, I mean, PS2. To, I feel like a a lot of PS2 games still probably look good. I mean, I think it's more the PS1 era where those polygons don't did not age well. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Art direction. I mean, I I'm trying to go back and play a lot of PS2 games. I I played a bunch at the time, and then I just kind of fell off, and I fell in love with the 360 era, and then I didn't really go back until more recently with this podcast. I've been trying to go back and. I mean, this game was really pretty. This game, like, improved on everything in the first game. And I was, like, surprised. Like, early on, you find out there's gold that you get in this game all of a sudden. I'm like, all right, cool. You added a currency. Another yeah. Currency. Which a little actually, thing. It, it it changes the game vastly, which I didn't realize until I I was, I, I had to bring bring up a walkthrough at some point. And then also um, when I did, when I got my end of game, like, evaluation, and it shows you the routes, because you have four other characters that you can befriend and they'll, and depending on what gifts you give them, they'll show up and help you or have cutscenes at different points in the game. And I straight up like skipped an entire chapter of the game somehow. Like, like I thought I was doing pretty good about like giving stuff to the, the, the characters, but I guess not. And it's actually a little dark soulsy in the way it works because you have to, there's certain NPCs that you have to talk to, multiple times before they'll mm-hmm. actually give you the item that they have. And then those items tend to be like pretty valuable to the the partner characters that you have. It's an interesting system, but I ended up feeling kind of sh- like getting the short shift shrift at the end because I, I felt like I missed a lot of stuff where I, f- I, and I felt like I had done pretty well as far as trading with stuff, but you get to like the midpoint of the game and you straight up just like can't trade with any of the characters anymore. So yeah, they, they take it away. And that, that kind of surprised me because I was hoarding items. Cause that's what I do in games. And all of a sudden I couldn't trade anymore. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> cause every, yeah. you don't see a couple people ever again. 
I mean, also, I, I started trading early on, like, because a couple, I, I was reading a guide. I, I played this game guide by guide and told me where all the random stuff was and what items were. Mm. And I gave some to people, but I was still hoarding items. Like, okay, near the end of the game, I'll give everybody everything. But I, but to, to what I'm curious about, when you said that you missed a part, were you, when you were in the forest, did you end up playing as a different character or did you just go through the whole forest? No. And that part actually made me mad when, when I read the, um, I did the, the walkthrough because. Too. I think because I, I I figured out the trick to getting through this like you know forest that uh, at first glance is endless and I felt at, but you were kind of penalized by that because if you get lost then you end up taking control of Kotaro the young ninja and he has a whole segment there and he also can open up some of the boxes in that area that uh, Jubei can't so I was like wait so because I figured out the correct thing to do. I'm missing out on a whole bunch of items, and also I didn't get to play as this other character. That sucks. <laughs> but only if you're high enough friendship with him. I didn't give him any items. I gave him a couple because I just didn't really look into him yet. I ran through that forest 20, it had to have been 20 sometimes, because the guy told me, get lost, and then you can play as Kotaro. So I'm doing that, I'm doing that, and nothing happened. And finally, huh. I just gave up and started killing the bug and got through the puzzle, but... Because I, I don't think I gave I gave him like maybe three items and that was it was just the equipment that I bought him. I didn't really because I just hadn't gotten around to him yet. I didn't realize right. that this game halfway through was going to take you out of this town that you keep visiting and just you never go back. Like it, I didn't expect that. And the guy didn't warn me other than make sure you buy all the items at the shop. It didn't say, yeah, you might want to give people stuff now. Yeah, the, the game is super short and it it doesn't really have like. It's not like Onimusha 1 where you can basically explore the entire, like, game, you know, with the caveat of, like, a couple areas that get destroyed where you can't go back. But here it's, like, it, it keeps, like, kind of just transporting you to different areas. And there is still that, like, Resident Evil and Onimusha 1 style, like, backtracking and puzzle solving and, and item collection. But it's done in smaller areas. And, yeah, like I said, like, you know, at, at the halfway point, you just don't go to that hub town anymore, which is where you can do all the trading and talking to the, the character. I, I missed. Me too. Yeah. I was it, really it was sad a very odd choice. That. And it doesn't really warn you either. There isn't like a text that says you are not coming back here. Yeah. The only the only like clue you might have is that the shopkeeper says, well, I'm thinking about closing up shop soon. But I was thinking, OK, so next time I come to the town, like he'll probably be gone. But then that'll be my last chance to like kind of do stuff. And nope, nope, that was actually the last the last chance. <laughs> <laughs> I was with I you. I didn't had, like, um, I didn't think they would do that. I didn't think the game because for the most part, up until that point, I mean, you go farther areas, but everything kind of loops back. You even go to the first castle from Animusha One, but everything mm -hmm. loops back into this town. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, nah, no, nah, we're done with that. <laughs> You're going somewhere <laughs> far away now. I was not expecting how much of the game uh, was going to take place in the castle from the first game. Like I didn't, I I didn't remember that at all. I have I have like a a pretty weird gamer brain thing where I remember video games way more than my actual life. I'm working um, on that one. At, and the beginning of the game, I remember like even though I've only played it once, you know, I, I probably beat it the week it came out back in 2002. But the beginning of the game, I remember implicitly because I worked in retail at the time and we had demo key, like we had demo systems. And so of course everybody wanted to come in and try Onimusha 2 when it came out. So like I have seen the beginning of that game, you know, <laughs> you know, tens of, you know, dozens of times, if not hundreds. But then like very quickly after the intro, I was like, 
oh, I don't remember this at all. And and when I got when we got back to the Onimusha castle, I was like, huh, I don't I, I feel like I would have remembered this, but I sure didn't. And then it's like, yeah, most of the game actually takes place like in that original castle, which is also it's kind of neat because I I have played Onimusha one quite a few times. So it was really easy, like navigating. <laughs> yeah, you knew where, I mean, I was I mean, I didn't play Onimusha one. I think it's been a year or two since we did it for the show. But mm-hmm. a lot of my brain was still there. Like I was able to like I know where I'm going. Yeah, like, like it was still there. Yeah, that was cool. It was just cool to revisit. I mean, it's also interesting that this game, it vaguely mentioned it takes place, what, 10 years after Animusha 1? Oh, I didn't remember seeing a, a date. Uh, or, I, or or not. Well, I mean, they, they have a date, but I, I don't think I clued into, like, the, the time. It could have been the internet told me, but it, it's 10 years after the first game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting sequel because it's clearly a sequel, right? Like, they referenced the first game, but Samanosuke is nowhere to be, to be seen, and... The the way that Jubei is able to, like, absorb demon souls is, is kind of, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, Samanosuke got this really cool, like, gauntlet that transforms gauntlet. through as you level it up. And then, you know, Jubei is like, hey, you got a tattoo on your hand. Fine. Don't worry about it. But but at the same time, it's like they're they're very similar in structure. But narratively, other than the fact that, you know, like you're fighting Nobunaga and like Tokichiro is there, it, it's still... It feels very disconnected in a way. It, it, I don't know. It's very interesting to me. No, that's fair. I mean, I also like didn't realize the the plot until I was reading online or watching the video with the whole idea that Nobunaga is trying to kill people that could be a problem for him in the future. So that's why he sends his soldiers to kill Jubei's town and kill Jubei. But Jubei's oh, yeah. The, the story the story of this one is bonkers. And that's so... I've always my my memory is that Onimusha Two is my favorite of the three as far as that initial trilogy. I think that's probably still the case, but I definitely didn't like it as much this time as I did back in two thousand and two. And I think part of that is I was not expecting the the weird tonal shift. This game is wacky, and I'm oh, not God, yes. sure if it's intentionally wacky or you know like like in a yakuza type way or <laughs> or if it's just because it's a different it's a different team that, than the ones that worked on Onimusha One. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm wondering if it's just maybe the director had like different motivations because like literally like like at the end of the game like before the final battle it 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 turns into like a Power Rangers episode. It's you, it's wild. Yep, with Goldar. Um, well, that and and even like like the courage, faith, hope, you know, strength, like, like, and doing like the, the hand motions and, and transforming into his like Sentai form. Like it, it is, it is a, and then you've got all these like weird contraptions that only exist to like get you out of a scene. It's like, well, here's a mechanical horse. Cause we need to get you back to the town. And then now you're going to be on this like underwater dragonfly thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and there's like robots in it. And, like, it does some really strange stuff. I mean, because the first one, in my opinion, is a straight-up horror game. Yeah, yeah. This one is still a horror game, even though some people would just would not agree with me, because I'm, I'm fighting demons. That makes you a horror game. And I'm in tank control, so there you go. Two out of two. Yeah. But it's a goofy game. Like, everything is goofy. The people you talk to are goofy. Just a, It's just a weird... It is very different. Yes. And, and that kind of threw me off a little bit. I enjoyed it. Like, I didn't mind the goofiness of it. I didn't mind, but I was like... This is a lot different than Animusha one. Yeah, it's and it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I actually had a blast playing it the second time through. It it was more that I really I prefer the the 
the darker, more serious tone of the first game. And now I'm trying to remember what the tone is like in the third game. Because my memory is that it was more serious, but I could be like way off base on that. I've never played three. I've seen it once. My friend played it when he rented it or owned it. I don't remember. I just remember I saw it for like maybe an hour once in my life and that's it. Yeah. It's an interesting concept because it's got this time travel mechanic where you have a character from modern day who gets transported to feudal Japan, and then Samanosuke ends up in modern day. And it has Jean Renault as the modern day character, which, you know, and as actually, that's actually, I think, a problem with Onimusha 2 as well, as well, as far as it, when it comes to the fact that it's never been re-released or anything, is I think there's an issue with, like, the estate of the the actor that they oh, modeled yeah. Jubei after, who was already dead when Onimusha 2 was made. But I think they only made the deal for that game, and I think that's the reason why we've never seen it again. And then I think the same thing is true with Jean Renault in Onimusha 3. And I was actually thinking last night, af- like after I rolled credits on Onimusha 2, that, man, if Onimusha 3 had Dante from Devil May Cry as the modern-day character, that would be such a kick-ass game. Because, <laughs> like, thematically and, and just, like, backstory-wise, like, they fit together so well. Yeah, that would have been cool. And Yeah, could- I would love that. <laughs> like, it bothers me that this game, I didn't even, I forgot the fact, I've read something that the actor, that they use an actor's face for this, but, like, the rights issue, this game has never been re-released, came out in 2002, we're in 2023, and mm-hmm. it sucks, because people can't experience this game, unless you yeah. pick up a PS2 copy randomly somewhere, pick up an old PS2, or or sail the seven seas like I did, like, there's <laughs> no, and, and that's, I hate when games are just lost like that, that where they can never Absolutely. be re-released, because of some stupid agreement. Yeah. It bothers me a lot. For sure, because, you know, they, they did release Onimusha 1 um, yeah, digitally recently. a couple, couple years ago, but I think it's because it, it's easier for them to deal with that actor, because I think I think the actor that they modeled Samonosuke after, like, at the time, he wasn't really that big of a deal. He I think he was like a model slash actor, and he hadn't really done much, and I think the only big movie I know that he's in is House of Leaves, which we did get released over here, but it's probably easier to, like, give him, you know, whatever pittance they need to pay him to re-release Onimusha 1 but yeah I don't I don't know you know what like Jean Renault is asking for and I don't I don't even know if it makes sense commercially to skip from 1 to 3 because we can't deal with the estate of the guy from 2 but at that point I'm like yo just remake it and like design the character differently like just 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 remake it (laughs) yeah I mean there's enough game in here that like people should experience it I mean this is a good game I yeah I agree you know, and that's what really also surprised me, too, is how much fun I had with this game. I, I went into it kind of dreading it a bit. Like, yes, I picked it. It was my idea. But I'm like, I don't know. And I just I had fun. I mean, I had my save state, so that was nice. Yeah. But I this just game... had fun just like farming enemies, too, like for gold. Like early on, there were a lot of times where I would just load up, go in the same area, go back and forth, kill all the enemies, get my gold, get orbs, and then just repeat it over and over again until I was satisfied. And that yeah. was nice. This game kind of kicked my ass in a way that I was not expecting. And I think part of it, and and this is actually an issue that I have uh, with with the game this time around. It's interesting to, you know, replay a game that I remember just like loving, you know, like no notes, you know, back in 2002. But now with time and, and, you know, looking at games with a more critical eye because of, you know, writing about them and, and podcasting, like the levels are like they feel a little more cramped to me than Onimusha 1 and the camera shift, the camera shifts a lot more often. That would disorient me in a way, and the bosses actually like really wrecked me. And so I ended up like 
I ended up burning through like most of my healing items on the Gigamphants fight, the first one. Well, actually, both the first two. And so then on the Jujudora fight, I tried her like six or seven times. And I finally had to knock it down to easy simply because they were like, yo, we'll give you some healing items. And I was like, well, I have zero healing items. So I guess I'll take those. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, and also it's it's kind of weird that like you basically only fight like what three bosses it's like you but you fight yeah. one of them three times <laughs> you fight two of them three times yeah that's true well i don't really count the the gogan dantis like the first two fights as a as a boss fight because you're literally not able to beat him no um, but you have to hit him enough to get him to to get the scene to move forward where i i yeah. tried to hide and dodge because the guide said you can't beat him so just you know kill off the clock and i realized that if you just run around the fight doesn't end you have to hit him enough times to get it to go Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Just and I didn't know that, that and I wasted it. so many healing items on that fight. Because, again, I'm playing with save states. So I was hoarding all my healing items and, and not really using them in regular stuff. But mm-hmm. in the boss fights, I would, in between save st- I would use save states. But, I'm like, I'm, you know, I would try to play a little bit normal. So I'm like, okay, I'll use a couple items. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you gave me items. I'll, I'll use some. But those fights were ridiculous. And the, the how, what the hell is the first guy's name you just said? I Gigamphants. I didn't like him either. You fight him three times, and all three times were annoying as hell. Yeah, especially with the he 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 he. Oh god, the second when he's running back and through the woods, like that was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, I had help at least. I had uh, ally show up. The guy yeah, with the gun. I too. Oh, um, so I don't know if I I didn't. I was watching us or I was listening to a speed run. If you don't give gifts to Ikai, or if you give the wrong gifts, you have to fight him at one point in this game. I did have to fight him at one point, and I was oh, okay. fucking pissed because I had given him good gifts. I gave him booze. I gave him a love potion, which he seemed really into. They all um, are. I, I gave him, like, armor, and then when he came to, like, betray me, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, because he was literally, at, at a certain point, he was the only character that would, that would come and help me. And I was like, okay, I guess he and I are, like, really solid, and the others just don't care. But no, it, 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 was, it was, he still ended up, like, I had to, I had to kill him. Uh, and then he, I, he drops a keepsake and I was like, oh, what does this do? And I, and I hit use and it like refills all of your health. But like I was like barely like I had barely lost any health. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I would have been irritated, too. <laughs> so I had him help me a bunch of times. Did you get to, did you get to play as him at all? No, I never got to play as another character. Oh, you oh, at all. You didn't play as the girl either. Oh, I take that back. No, I did play as okay. OU to get the flute. I think that's I, think I don't think there's any way around that. Like. I think that has to happen. Because I played as Ikai, I played as her. Because there's a part when you when you go to the tower from Animusha One, and you're up there where you fought some kind of wind demon, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And when you go down there, the door is locked, and then for me, Ikai walks by. And then I had to play as Ikai for a whole scene, running around trying to find this key before I could get Jubai, Jubei back. Oh, interesting. I mean, it yeah, was no, cool. That was, that was that was around the time that I had to had to kill him. So. Yeah, I don't I didn't give him that many gifts because I but I gave him more than because I was kind of like, again, I was saving my gifts for later in the game when I was going to use a guide and do it all. And then <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, an, it's an interesting mechanic. And, you know, on one hand, I, I don't like how much of the game that I missed just with like my normal play style. But at the same time, like because I, I, I finished the game in like six hours and, you know, so that's really short, even by like 2002 standards. But, you know, you can easily, like, quadruple that, like, trying to see all of the stuff in the game. So, you know, it's got far more replay value than 
the other Capcom survival horror games of the time, which I also would replay the the shit out of. So uh, <laughs> this game and, is meant to be replayed. Absolutely. And it's it's just that at this point in my life, working in retail, I just didn't do that because my my discount was so good. And so what I would do is a new game would come out on Tuesday and I would buy it and then usually finish it within the week or two weeks and then trade that game in for the next new game that came out on a Tuesday and just rinse and repeat <laughs> for eight years. And I get that. So in that time frame, like I probably played as many games, if not more than your average, like, you know, video game critic, you know, working in magazines or, or online. But it also meant that like, I never really, I rarely, rarely replayed anything. I don't replay games any, any in general either, just because like once I beat it, I move on. I, yeah, I, that's always been my way though. Cause well, that's been my yeah, like, like I said, like Ever since that I was, was old enough once I had a so job. Long, but like <laughs> recently, like well, I say recently. In the last like ten years, that's kind of shifted. Like, you know, I've played through like Mass Effect one like ten times now, and I'm on my third Elden Ring playthrough. Like I, I literally finished my second Elden Ring Elden Ring playthrough like two weeks ago, and I'm on my third one. And, and like Diablo three, like I've I've I can't even tell you how many times I've played through that game. Like there there's certain games that have become sort of like comfort food to me where either if I'm between games or like I'm just kind of in like a down state and I just want to zone out to something, I'll just like pick up like one of those games and then go through That's them fair. again. I, I can't do that anymore. Like I oh well one podcast, but even before right. <laughs> the podcast, like I didn't I used to buy so many games in general because I, I fell in love with like when I got a, when I got a job and and I realized you could buy games for 10 bucks if you just wait a couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what became my thing. And I would just go to GameStop and I and, and have such a giant collection from just buying stuff for 10 bucks. And then I found out what Steam is. So even before then, I was like, no, I, there's too many games to play. Like, I can't play the same thing for over sure. again. I mean, I have certain games I go back to. Like, I mean, every couple of years I'll play like Chrono Trigger again. I'll, I'll play other stuff that I liked. I'll find an excuse to replay it. Like, I played Binary Domain three times at this point. Yeah, but it, it's over a course of years. I don't like to go back to a game for at least a year. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm typically that way as well. Like, because yeah, there there. And don't get me wrong, Mike. Like, as I'm playing this third Elden Ring playthrough, in the back of my head, I'm like, dude, you need to finish Resident Evil Four remake and Forspoken. Because <laughs> like this for Game of the Year when we when we come back from our hiatus at the beginning of next year, we want to do it ju- like the classic giant bomb style where we actually debate. And, a li- and create, like, a curated list of 10 and rank them. And I'm like, well, I need to play more of the 2023 releases to completion or, or close to so that I can talk about them more. But then at the same time, like, I'm really addicted to Elden Ring right now. So, like, I don't that know. That does look cool. I'm, I haven't played it. I haven't touched the Souls games since, well, before this show. But I miss it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just scared, too. <laughs> so. You know, I it's the only it's the only Souls-style game that I've completed and the first time was pretty brutal, and the second time was was cake because I had learned how to play the game, but also I was going for a very specific build, and that build just kind of steamrolled everything in a way that was super satisfying. I actually got the platinum trophy on my second playthrough, which was like very nice. <laughs> that is nice. I mean, I, I've heard great things about Elden Ring. I, I the last one I played was Bloodborne. I beat Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh, you should be fine. I haven't touched him since. That game was hard though. Yeah. Whew. I just. I'm just. I. Well, one, my wife gets mad at me when I play Souls games because I get mad. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I was I was I, I had a stark realization on this second playthrough. I was like, I can't live with anybody because when I play video games like the expletives that get hurled at the TV are just not fun. Like no one's going to no one would enjoy being around this. 
He doesn't. Um, I only do it with Souls. Souls is the only game where I get like really upset about. So that I mean, it's also because those are the only hard games that I play where I can't you know right. cheat in some form or another. So that that's part of it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I have to be very careful when I play Souls games. I got to make sure my wife is now. And to and to bring it back around to Onimusha, like as I was playing Onimusha two this week, I was thinking, man, if Capcom wanted their you know to to get into that Souls born style market. Onimusha is right here. Like it would fit so well mm-hmm. in into that type of gameplay. Cause I, you know, especially with like the going back to the hub town and I was like, if this was the hub where I'm always returning after a level and the, there's these weird NPCs that I'm talking to and interacting with. And then I go out into some hard ass, you know, Japanese, like feudal, you know, era demons and warriors and stuff like that, that I'm fighting with a deeper combat system. But I also have, these cool weapons and and magic abilities and and stuff like that that would be so cool and i they could do it and i i'm kind of surprised that they haven't i am too like i mean it's such a big you know souls are such a popular thing yet they didn't do this at all yeah like i mean i wish the series would come back like i'm sad that this series is pretty you know dead yeah for the most part like i mean and now i mean again like i it wasn't until we talked earlier that i realized okay that makes sense why this game's never been ported again like and I know why three's never been ported. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen the cover. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, I knew Gene, Gene Reno was in. I'm like, yeah, they're never like, they don't want to pay him. And he's probably like, okay, I want more money. They're like, no, we don't want to pay you. Yeah. We just won't release your product ever again. But like, it upsets me that these games don't exist. And like in, in, in a newer, in most days, sequels don't have numbers anymore, which I like right. because then you can get away with skipping something and be like, oh, hey, look, it's just another one of that series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Marvel's the one that really, I think, did that with movies and the games are kind of adapt. I mean, you still have numbers in game, but they've adapted that too a lot. For sure. And yeah, maybe, maybe this the workaround is that if they do get a, like, work a deal with Jean Renault, they just rename the game. Because you usually have to rename a game when, when you're re-releasing it anyway. Like, I think that's actually like a, almost like a mandate by, like, console holders to, like, so that you're not, like, there's not confusion. So, yeah, it was, because I think Onimusha 3 is just called Onimusha 3, but if you just called it, like, you know, Onimusha Sins of the Past or something like that, like, something that plays along with the, with the time travel thing, like, maybe that does it, because then, you know, no one no one who would be playing that game in 2023 or 2024 who's never heard of Onimusha would know that it's actually the third game in a series that came out 20 years ago, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't know, it just, I always get bummed when I, when I play it. Like, when Onimusha 1 got re-released, I got excited. I'm like, okay, cool, they're going to do more of them. And then I didn't realize all the right issues that are locked into these. So That, and from what I understand, that HD remaster didn't sell very well. Oh. Um, but to be fair, it was a fairly bare-bones remaster that also they just kind of, like, plopped out there with no fanfare, so. Yeah, it was only like 20 bucks, too, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think, a lot, you know... Yeah, it, it was just there was just like no buzz around it whatsoever where, you know, I think if they had put a little bit more oomph behind it, like it could have been it could have been a bigger deal. And, you know, I, like Capcom's been having a lot of success with remakes. And, and I when it comes to remakes, I kind of prefer PS1 era games to be remade. But then PS2 and beyond, I'm kind of good with just like pretting it up because I think those games pretty much hold up. But I could I could make a case for them just remaking you know, the Onimusha games in, a, in like, the RE engine. Um, and again, cool. maybe redesign the characters so you don't have to worry about likeness <laughs> rights anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I completely get it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I feel like PS2, like, a lot of times you can, like, those games weren't as clunky that they can be remade. Like, I mean, I actually have Animusha Warlord, the remake when that, or the remaster when that came out. I mean, I'm with you. I'm fine with just a remaster sometimes. Like, just, like, yeah. that's what I want with this game. I don't want the game to be remade other than maybe change the first, change the character if you don't have race issues. I just want the game re-released. Me too. Yeah. Uh, with and also with achievements like i i like me some achievements and I, this one would be pretty fun to try to get them all or most of them it's it's hard <laughs> for me to get like all of the achievements in capcom games like this because there's always like a couple where it's like oh yeah i'm not that good <laughs> like yeah, I'm not they, they, really they can put that. some weird shit in like you want to do all this you know like no, thank yeah you. i didn't even find the demon world in this game with like the the multiple floors where you're you know it's doing like the challenge hidden. stuff it's hidden pretty well i mean i did see portals for it Mm-hmm. But I don't know what I did to activate the portal. I saw the first, I saw a portal and I got the item that I'm pretty sure activates the portal, but I just never went back to it after I got that item. I didn't want to do the demon world. I mean, I know you get a really good sword for doing it, which makes the final boss take, which would have yeah. been nice. But I just didn't want to go through 20 floors of hell. Right. <laughs> I mean, I could have. I had save states, but I'm like, I don't care enough. I just wanted to. I was having fun enough with the game. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't need to do that. I, I kind of regretted my decision almost at near the end because Nobunaga is fucking ridiculous. But yeah, but he he's ridiculous more because you he's like in the air for like 90 percent of the fight. Yeah. And you I saved everything. I had all flame arrows. I had a bunch of bullets for my for my gun. Like I had stuff saved mm-hmm. and it still was annoying as hell. Like he yeah. just took so much damage and. This game really did fail in the boss fights. Like, there's the one that you were talking about earlier with the lady with the parasol. I forgot her how to pronounce her name. I think it's Juju Dora. Yeah, she was so She's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and again, part a big part of that for me was the actual layout of the boss room because there's so many camera changes. And that fight in particular wants you to be more agile than this game, like, allows. <laughs> yes. And again, I think that's when I started to think about the the... Oh, you should you should make Onimusha, but make it a Souls game because clearly, like this series wants you to be like moving around and and timing your parries and stuff like that. But it's hard to do that. And, and you know, I love me some tank controls. I can I can control this game, you know, perfectly. Like that's not the issue. The issue is that when the angle changes, you know, and all of a sudden, like you can't see the boss anymore. I got hit off screen in this one way more than in the first game. And that was super annoying. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, I would not have been able to beat that fight without save state. The amount of just I had trial and error of having to get the camera so I could even see what the hell was going on and getting hit by her and couldn't hit her. Like mm-hmm. even watching the speed run of it, the guy was having issues until he could finally get where he could just counter her nonstop and kill it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like when the speedrunners have an issue with something like this, it isn't like a Dark Souls game where it's like, OK, it just wasn't, you know, they were just timing wasn't right like the game just would not give him the opening he needed yeah i was watching a speed run where uh that was when he fought gogan Dantes for the like for the legit fight and yeah like literally he was like he was trying to set up you know the the counter thing and just was not getting it like multiple times and i was like shit like you know this this game is you know pretty intense even for the people who have played it thousands of times like yeah, and, and her fight in particular, because her main attack is that she fires, like, these three little balls of energy from her umbrella. And if you block them, they will knock you, like, across the room from her. So it's really hard to actually get in striking distance. And then when you do, more often than not, she'll just block you. And and so it's also a very tedious fight. And this is a, being knocked back all the time just makes the fight ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can't get close to her. Like, I had to, like, just reload and 
keep reloading safe states so I could just line up right to even just hit her and like and I had the other guy help me with the gun and he wasn't very much help because he couldn't hit her either. Yeah. It's a super annoying fight and uh and I don't know, I just I did not like any of the boss in the game. I enjoyed the majority of this game. Like I was having a blast just playing this game, but the boss fights were just horrendously annoying. Yeah, I, I don't think I enjoyed any of them in this game where I enjoy I think most of the boss fights in Onimusha one. I don't particularly like that, like, flying insect lady, simply because, you know, the game, these games are not great when you're having to fight something that's in the air. No. <laughs> but even that one, like, because there's plenty of, uh, like, fodder enemies around to kill and get your magic back. So basically you just, you know, the solution there is, like, spam your whirlwind magic with, with the air blade. But that's the other thing that I noticed with the boss fights in this game is that, they weren't really dropping like souls, like as you would attack them. So like I would use all of my magic and then be dry for like the rest of the fight because I, I wasn't getting any of it back where the structure in Onimusha one is very like ebb and flow where like, yeah, you, you bust out like your, your big moves, but then as you continue to attack, you'll get some magic back here and there. So you can pop off like, you know, more like a few more of them here yeah. and there. You didn't get enough of it. And yeah, I mean, boss fights are when I use all my magic and I would use, I went through all four of my weapons that you get throughout the game and then I've, the enemy, the boss is still alive and I'm out of magic. Yeah. <laughs> that irritated me a little bit. Cause I'm like, okay, I saved up everything I have. I'm hitting you with this many attacks. I sh you should be dead. Yeah. But the game wants to do the ice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I um, could not, I could not, I mean, I did it every so often, you know, by accident, but I could not pull it off reliably. I... I couldn't pull off like the 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 basic like, you know, attack right as their attack is about to hit you version very often. But I got better at the the more parry style where you you do like a like a tap block, like right as they attack. Like you don't hold block, you tap it sort of like a parry and then hit the button right after. And then those like enemies from the first game, they're kind of like they have like a club and they do that rolling attack. I got yeah. really good at taking those guys out with, with the, the counter. I, I didn't understand Ishin as well either, that it's supposed to be right when they're about to hit you that you do it. Yeah. And I don't think I, I wait long enough because I don't like to. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't like you getting this close to me with your sword open. Like, I, I just want to slash you now. I usually don't. I, I, I like the concept of, of parry mechanics, but I usually don't like the execution of them because they want such split second timing. But it's so fucking cool in the Onimusha games when you get to do it. Like just the, the quick animation, like the flash on the screen. The fact that it's a one hit kill for anything other than a boss, like it's so satisfying. It looked cool, like when I was yeah. watching it. Like I, I was like, "This is damn cool." I mean, when I get it off by accident, I felt like a, I felt powerful. I just couldn't do it reliably. Yeah, I also appreciate this game brought back the three weapons from the first game, and then it adds one new one, a hammer, which I never used. Oh, dude! Like I'm normally not a heavy weapons guy, but maybe it's because that's what I used on that second Elden Ring run. <laughs> that hammer is busted like it just annihilates everything in that game like the the magic attack will pretty much just kill anything outright especially once you're like maxed level and then just usually it's like two swings for most of the enemies and they're dead it's really cool <laughs> i didn't I, did, I don't know i just didn't like it i like fast weapons i used the spear was my yeah, go-to in this game oh really yeah i didn't i didn't like the spear at all i felt i felt that one was a little too uh it's slow poked. but it keeps it keeps them at bay. That's why yeah. I'm using it because it's very. And plus, the guide kept recommending it, so I just ended up. I ended up powering up before other weapons, so I just stuck with it. Yeah, 
I ended up powering I, everything to level three except for the hammer. I did all the I did the armor all up to three. I did the all the weapons, but the hammer. Oh, nice. Because I just I didn't care. About the hammer. I didn't <laughs> and get the, the armor ended. all the way up, and I got the weapons all max except for the spear. But but my go to is always the swords because I'm like I'm a samurai. I want to be samurai <laughs> sword man. So like that, that's, that's how I am in all the games. Like I you know I'm like. These other weapons are here to do magic attacks and then go away. <laughs> I mean, I really like the 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 blue sword. I just didn't use it much. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know why. Like, I also took me longer to equip it than it should have because I was still using the first sword for a little bit after I got the blue sword. I went, oh, wait, you got to equip it, buddy. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it didn't just get equipped. Like, you need to switch weapons. Now. I don't know. I mean, I, you are kind of missing out that you didn't play as the other characters because they all do play, like, I only played as Enkai, but he played differently. I was bummed that I missed Kotaro, too. I was in the same game yeah. as you. I was really irritated. I'm like, I want to play as Kotaro. Yeah. Now, the I open section chest. was actually pretty difficult because, you know, the, the issue with, like, the other characters that aren't the, you know, aren't blessed by the Oni powers is that, like, they're they're way weaker. But she actually had some pretty cool, like, moves that she could do. Like, uh, uh, it, was, it was more fun to play as her than it was to play as Kaede in <laughs> yes. Onimusha 1. So did you buy everything at the shop each time? I bought as much as I could. I didn't do a lot of gold farming. So like I, w- I would buy okay. what I could until I ran out of money and then distribute the gifts. Um, he gives you an item after each time you sell him out. Oh. Okay. And one of the items, which I got, didn't realize it, but you get it the third time you do it, or at least the, the third part right before the game takes you away. It's called the green pendant, where if you stand still, you refill your health. Oh, that, and that's know. what I did after that. I stopped caring about health. Right. I would do battles, kill, kill, kill. Okay, I was going to stand. Now, once everybody did, I'll just stand in the room, put the controller down, and do something else for a minute while I refill my health. Right. <laughs> and and I was perfectly fine. I'm like, okay, this game is great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you get different ones. You get one where you can see secret item chests throughout the game. You get another one where you can see like hidden orbs. I didn't use the hidden orb one. And then you get. There's another necklace which I completely missed because I didn't where you can kill every enemy in one hit, but it costs you health. Oh, that's pretty neat. You have to end up I you have to get three different of these little like talons. They don't tell you what the hell they're for. If you give enough gifts to Enkai, I think what the hell is the guy's and the, the gunner's guy? Magoichi. Magoichi and Kotoro, you will get a you get a bone item from each of them. When you go to the final dungeon, there's a door you pass, you can put all three in the door, and then you get a black pendant. Yeah, I got one of the bones, and but but the funny too. thing is that when I saw that door, it didn't even click that like that was what that was for. But it also, I tell you, I only knew because yeah. the internet told me. But that that's a really cool part about this game that I think we should definitely like you know applaud more. We've we've <laughs> mentioned it briefly, but like they actually you know even though it is a short game, they crammed a lot of stuff in it, and I re- I miss this era in game design where. You you would finish a game, but there was so much incentive to go back, and, and not just because like you wanted to replay the the proper game, but like I pl- I messed around with the uh, the man in black mode uh, after I beat the game, which is Jubei is wearing like a black suit and shades and a and a fedora, and he has like a wooden <laughs> stick, and you're timed, and you're just supposed to like run through these areas as quickly as possible, finding these films and. I ended up running out of time because you get to the lost forest and I'm not sure how you're supposed to get through there because you can't actually kill the thing that is responsible for making the forest endless. So that's where I stopped, but it was still just a really fun mode. And there's another mode where you can play through the game as one of the other characters, like through the whole game, you know, and then on top of that, you also have, well, 
this time I want to be sure to get all of Magoichi's scenes or this time I want to get all of Kotaro's scenes, right? So, like, there, there's there's really, like, about, like, six complete different ways to play through the game. It's um, really cool. I mean, I would never do it, but, like, if you were someone who doesn't buy many games or if you're a mm-hmm. child at the time, like, this is perfect. It gives you yeah. a reason to get more time out of the game that you bought. Absolutely. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I like I do appreciate when games do that. I never take advantage of it, but I appreciate that they do it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I still have never gotten all 10 Eddies in Chrono Trigger. And that's my favorite game of all time. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I, I mean, I'll play through the game every so often in a new game file, go through the game, beat the entire game, then put it down. I'm like, okay, I'm good. And I'll be like, I'm going to do it this time. And then I'm like, nah, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> yeah, see Bobble 10 times like, in a row. I think that was still in the era when, when, you know, I didn't have many games to play and, and I would replay them a lot. And I think I ended up getting like eight of them. Gotten a, I've gotten a few. At one point, I was trying to do it with the PS1 release, but then I fell off that other games to play, and then I've never, I'm, I've, I've never been able to do it. I sometimes I've done two or three, and then by then I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, I love that game. I just, I, there's other too many games to play. Yeah, and it playing through a game ten times is a lot. Even even if some of those endings you can get in a matter of hours, it's still, it's still a lot. A couple of them you have to go through like the, almost the entire game to get yeah. it. So like, yeah, it's just too much i mean i'll play the game twice a lot of times <laughs> but that's just to get certain items that i'm like yeah, okay i'm done yeah and i you know i decide i i could not see myself going back to this game but it, it's not that i didn't enjoy it i just but it's just so cool that it has all the other aspects like i regretted not giving enough gifts because i would like to see more stuff i know with all you if you give her enough gifts you get where she kisses you in the end of the game or near the end of the game <laughs> that's yeah. your prize see and that's the weird thing about this game is that i did i think I, yeah i got that but like I don't, I didn't really give her a. I felt like I gave like way more stuff to Magoichi and Eke. But it depends on what you give. That like, there's actually a whole chart that I found online. Someone had made in a Google sheet where it has the rankings of what each item does for each person. Yeah, I, I was trying to because like Magoichi was all about books, so I was like giving him books, and and he just seemed like less and less enthused. And I was like, okay. If and then giving the, him the Japanese history books, you don't get the effect. You get all ten. Ah, which I never okay. did either. I got yeah. close. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that like I would imagine like the window to actually like deliver all 10 books at one time to him is very small um, you can simply give it because to over time. It just you have to get them all to really get the big effect for it. Ah, OK. OK. That makes more sense. Because I was giving him books, too. I gave him some other stuff because I, I I looked up a little bit and they were like, oh, give him this. But I wasn't. He really liked me. He kept showing up all the time, even though I felt like I didn't do enough for him. And, and Kotaro, I completely skipped, which. I regret it, but because <laughs> I didn't see him yeah. at all, really. He never he showed up like once or twice in the game because I just didn't give him enough gifts or he would show up a lot more because the yeah, game changes told, a lot based on your gift giving. He told me not to trust OU and then I never saw him again. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the frustrating part is that I had bought OU's armor, but like I didn't get to trade it to her. And then when you are with her, like towards the end of the game, like that option is no longer there. And I was like, but I've got the cool shiny silver armor for you in my inventory. Please accept it. <laughs> you don't see her as much. I went, no, she's upstairs in the town. Yeah. Everybody's in the town, but they're in. There's one part where I, someone told me you can you have there's two women you can talk to. There's one upstairs there's one in the street, but you can only talk to one of them. And I went upstairs because upstairs all you. And then I, I don't know what was in the street. That was Juju Dora. And so oh, okay. I, because I was my thinking was, well. I'll be able to talk to OU anytime, but this is probably like a one-time character thing. And I was like, oh, I actually just advanced the plot. Oh, well. I don't, I mean, Kotaro, I saw him all the time. I don't know why I didn't give him gifts. I, I just, I kept, 
I was I kept thinking I'll just do it later when I have more. Like I'll figure out I'll look it up later, and then the game just didn't let me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was bummed when you stopped being in the town because the town I thought was so much fun. Yeah, and I was I really actually, sad when it went away. I really like this um this era of like Japanese history. I I really love like anime and movies and and other games that take place around this time. Like literally this year, like I played Like a Dragon uh, Ishin, which okay. is which is the you know the feudal Japan Yakuza game. And it was just really fun to be like in that era, especially because like, as you see, like the, the Western influence starting to encroach with like the, the, the guns and, and the black ships that came from overseas and stuff like that. It, it, it's pretty neat. And that, that's one thing that I really love about Onimusha too, but also like, like a dragon Ishin is the way that like Japanese game developers will take like historical figures and just turn them into like monstrous villains. Like, I don't know. I, I, I want to see it. I, w- I want to see like some like, you know, American game where, you know, you've got to have like a like a knockdown drag out boss fight with like one of the Rockefellers or something or you know, <laughs> one, like one of the old oil barons. But they but they've got magic and shit like <laughs> I do. I, I love that stuff. I mean, to be fair, I think Nobunaga makes it perfect because he was I mean, he was not a nice person. <laughs> Yeah, but he also he also wasn't a demon with magic powers and you know not immortal. No. <laughs> I mean, he did almost unite unite the country. He just killed a lot of people to do it. But yeah, no, he yeah. didn't have demon power. But I, I I agree. I'm with you. I love stuff like that. Like I know Assassin's Creed Three did a little bit with George Washington. I think. Oh, okay. In the DLC, but I've never played the DLC, so I can't speak. To it. I just <laughs> I there's something like that there. I think. Yeah, but I I have no interest in going back to. I actually am going to play that game later this year or next year, but. More, more, list. more games based in in real history that that totally turn the history into fantasy, please. Like I, that that's such a neat thing. <laughs> it is, and I, I like that. I mean, I think that's one. Well, that's definitely one thing that attracts me to this game. That why I'm why I had so much fun with Animusha Two, and what I'm so into. Like you know, it's just so cool. Yeah, I agree. Because you know, you, you, it makes it work. I mean, you know. Oh, so I got a question. There's one part in this game that that made me <laughs> almost thought I wasn't going to finish this game, and I wonder what, how you thought about it. Near the end, I think after you beat, oh God, the the sword guy for the for the final time, you have you have to get on the dragonfly to go to the airship, and you have to spin your controller or your uh-huh. joysticks. So I was using a fake 360 controller to do originally, and I could not do it no matter what I did. So then I said, okay, fuck it. I grabbed my fake PS4 controller, <laughs> plugged that in, and said to my PC, and then then I was able to do it. Interesting. So there's a, I didn't realize it, but there's a difference when, I mean, whatever I was, there's a difference with those controllers, the way that spins. Yeah. Well, and and that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, I like, so I will say, Michael, like my, my opinion on emulation has softened since the last time we spoke, mainly because of like the basic destruction of the used video game market where it's, it, it's almost impossible to be able to buy games affordably anymore, but also you know, like my, 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 my basic thing now is like, if you're playing a game for like historical purposes, fine. If you're playing a game because you feel like you're entitled to play the game without paying for it, you know, especially if it's like a newer game, fuck off. I'm um, with you too. If I, like, I have a rule, if I can buy the game in one shape or form, like I will buy the game on steam and then emulate it anyway. Cause I want save states, but I at least will buy it at some point right. on sale before I play it. Usually or even after, if I didn't get around to it, I want to own it just to be like, I bought your game, you got your you got your money, but I'm still going to emulate it because I don't want to, I want to cheat. 
right. I will. If you have it out there, I'm not. I won't go on eBay. Like I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm gonna go track down this copy. Like fuck no. Yeah. Um, there's no point. But Nobody's I, making money for that. But I will say, and 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 this this I have not changed on, and I felt this way for years, is that you always lose something when you move away from the original format, and he, and he, that even like holds you true do. when games get re-released, right? Like I remember the first time realizing this was when they released the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for PS2, and like I couldn't like get through like areas in Mega Man 2 that I had done hundreds of times in the past. But it's because, like, there was just something slightly off about that anniversary oh, yeah. collection. Emulation, um, I mean, that was essentially emulation. It does change things. Like, I mean, yeah. I can, I mean, like, for example, when I was doing that puzzle, and that puzzle took me over 20 minutes, even with, an, I mean, until I switched controllers, and, and then I was able to do it, like, you know, how much different it was if you're playing this in legit hard, you know, when you're playing a game on the way it was designed. Yeah, and, and there's also, like, a move, because I, I, I forgot this feature even exists on the DualShock 2. But you have a move where you can charge your weapons, but you have to hold down the R1 button because it's pressure sensitive. So you have to hold uh-huh. it all the way down in order to charge your weapon. And I was thinking, man, can you even do this if you're playing like, you know, emulated on, with a different controller? I'm both my fake controllers out without issue. Oh, OK. That's interesting. So it didn't it didn't affect it on here with emulation. The only thing that affected was just the, the spinning. I couldn't do it fast enough with a 360 controller for what it wanted. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. That was I did I was like I thought for sure I'm like okay I'm done because I am <laughs> right. not going to pull out a PS2, put this game in, and play through it all. Like no, I'm just going to watch a YouTube video of the rest of the game and be done. It was also such a weird thing to throw in there because nothing else in the game is like that, and it's terrible. I mean, it's long. I mean, it's it it barely gives you enough time to do it, and you it's, it takes a while. Like I thought, okay, I got to get like halfway. You got to get it all the way up before it opens yeah. up, and with the fake controller. I could never get past 75% with a 360 wow. controller. And I was like really doing it. And I'm even like, if I screwed up, I would just reload that part. So it never happened. So I did it without having her go, you did it. You know, we got to go back. Like it never happened. I still couldn't get it <laughs> but with the, the fake PS controller. I was able to screw up, fix it and still finish it. Wow. And just tell, I mean, that was a difference. And again, I bought this controller like a year ago to play Metal Gear Solid four. Cause I was going to try to emulate it. And I was like, great. I have to sitting around here. I finally made use of it. <laughs> Because normally I just use a 360 USB controller and I'm happy. Like, that's good enough. Yeah. But not for this game. <laughs> but no, let's go back. Like, yeah, you do lose a lot with emulate. You can lose a lot with emulation. I will never emulate. Like, I could. I have the ability to emulate Switch. I will not because it's a it's a system that's currently going. Now, like, DS and 3DS that are dead, I got no problem whatsoever. Right. Because they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I recently bought a flash cart for DS, which has, you know, the 520 games thing where I just loaded my own DS games on it so I could finally play, like, Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow. I played Kingdom Hearts 358 by two days. Games that I wanted to play, but I was like, I don't want to pay, you know, this exorbitant amount of money for the DS car- the DS copy back when I was looking for it. And the only problem was you can't put your DS in sleep. Like, I couldn't put my DS in sleep mode because if you did, it just crashed. Oh, interesting. But other than that, I'm like, it was it, yeah, I'm playing the game like I played 358 by two days completely on legit hardware and that felt great yeah good game by the way <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're into Kingdom Hearts or not but I loved the first game I played like halfway through the second game but I remember putting it down because I was like this is just the first game again but <laughs> lately I've been thinking about like actually trying to play the whole series because uh, I, I have it on PS4 I have that collection it's it's good like I've been doing it for this podcast I got I got a couple people with me who love the series and been able to kind of explain to me what's going on yeah 
And it's been a great time going through the game. And there are no spinoffs, by the way. All the games are part of the story. Like, you, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's that's the daunting part. But also, and, and the other part is that I fucking hate Tetsuya Nomura. I hate his designs. I oh, hate I hate his luck. storytelling. I, I, I hate what I call the Nomura-isms. And so that's a really <laughs> hard, that's a really hard mountain to climb. I get um, that. <laughs> That then you're gonna have issue, but no, I've been loving the series. I we just cool. finished 358. We're about to play Birth by Sleep later this year. Then we got recoded, and we're we're going through everything. We're doing the movies that they have. Like we're doing everything there is because there's a, like a mobile game that never came here that is story that they have in a movie now. You can watch on YouTube. We're gonna watch that and talk about. Like we're doing everything. Nice, and it, it it's a fun series. Yeah, but it's very complicated. And, and but to go back, what I was trying to. What my point was like. I was able to experience that game because of emulation. Like, with, like I just looked up Animusha 2. It's not very expensive. You can buy a copy on eBay for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I, I, I actually looked up 3 and Dawn of Dreams yesterday because I was like, well, if Mike wants to keep going, I, I don't own those two. And I've never played Dawn of Dreams, but they're still really affordable. Onimusha 3 is you can get for like 15 bucks, And then Dawn of Dreams, which I expected to be the expensive one, you can get a, a good condition copy for about 30 That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably do three. To be fair, probably next year, as because for Spooktober, I'll probably just keep going going down the series. You know, one a game at a time a year. Sure, because it's the kind of game where I don't want to like it, a year is a nice break. Yeah, you don't want like, okay, I'm ready to play another one now. You don't want to binge this series. <laughs> no, I don't. I try not to binge a lot of series on this pot. Kingdom Hearts, I'm binging just because like I'm so into it that I'm like, okay, we're gonna do like three of these. Or two of these in a season of like, which mm-hmm. is twenty weeks for me, the way I do my show, and I'm like, I just want to get it done, yeah. and I want to move on to other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play the Xenosaga games once I finish Kingdom Hearts. Nice. I never played Xenosaga one, two, or three, even though I bought Xenosaga one the day it came out and played it for four hours and got very upset and never touched it again. So I I own them all and I haven't played any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I know the the used market's gotten terrible for games, hasn't it? Then it has. It's funny because. I had actually been planning on moving to Colorado Springs with some friends, moving in with some friends and opening a video game store there before the pandemic hit. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, well, there goes that dream down the toilet. So I ended up using the money that I would have used to open that store to buy my house because I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting out of here. But also the, the other real big drawback of the pandemic is that it made the used market just go insane and I don't think it's ever going back. Like the prices are just out, out of, out of pocket. Like just, that's, they're that's ridiculous. What I heard. I uh, and there's also, uh, but then it ended up being a blessing in disguise because I realized as far as like the used market goes, PS4 and beyond, you really can't do much in the used market with those machines. It, it's so difficult to even be able to like test like a PlayStation 4 to see if it works. Because of all of the sign-in shit and, and you know, firmware oh. updates and all of that. And you can't just, like, pop in a game to see if it works because you need to install the game for however long that takes. Yeah. And and now we're getting to the point this year where, like, this is the year. And, and it sucks because I love collecting video games. But it's been since the PS4 that they've slowly been taking the fun out of physical game collecting. But, like... You know, a lot of big games this year are not being released on disc because they literally don't fit. And the publishers don't want to, like, put them on multiple discs like they used to do in the PS1 and PS2 they era. They have to, and that's, that's going to cut into their, their profit. 
Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, digital only. Alan Wake 2, digital only. Oh. Like a Dragon, the man who erased his name, digital only. And then I ended up purchasing Street Fighter 6 and Armored Core 6 digitally. Well, Street Fighter 6 because I was like, I want to keep going back to this and I'm super lazy and I don't want to have to change discs out. <laughs> and then Armored Core, I was just like, I don't want to go to the store. And so now it's like, I'm probably just going to buy Final Fantasy games on disc because I collect Final Fantasy games. But I think this is the this is like the beginning of the end for Julian's physical game collecting other than old stuff. It, yeah, I I told my I met my wife like seven, eight years ago now. And I told her, I said, no, I'm always going to be a physical game collector. I'm not going digital. And then when I got my my nice laptop a few years ago and I got into Steam. I don't buy physical anymore at all, really. Like yeah. once in a, like I all mainly only buy Steam games. So every so often I'll I'll pick up something for for physical. But I've kind of like I made peace with it. Also, I moved and then I went. I hate this. So that, right. that didn't help the situation. Yeah, we like. I've been thinking about selling my collection. Like I have, a, have to move. I have a huge collection and I kind of want to sell it, but I'm like not once 360 is completely easy to emulate. It's all gone once yeah. that day comes. It's not there yet, but but at the same time, I, I say that, but I can't sell my PS2 collection, but I can emulate just fine, and I, and I can't do it. Like, I just can't bring myself to be like, I want to get rid of these now. Yeah. For piddly, because I'll get piddly. <laughs> uh, it depends. Like, I, I my collection is worth a pretty penny, and, and that includes some PS2 stuff. It just depends on the titles. Um, well, I mean, I just, oh, I would go to a store and just sell it as a big pack. Like, here you go. Like, what do you Oh, right, yeah. I wouldn't my do it. Like, no, I have just... a few rare gems of PS2. Like, I, I got Shadow Hearts. I'm sure those are worth some money now they're pretty decent Hold i have on. silent hill I've, two and three those are worth quite a bit um, So i have some gems that i'm sure are worth that of stuff that never got re-released and i'm sure it's worth money yeah for sure let's see shadow hearts covenant is on clz games for like 76 dollars right now and their prices are usually lower on average than what stuff actually sells for Okay. Um, they're listing Silent Hill two at a hundred, Silent Hill three at one twenty seven, and Silent Hill four for one fifteen. I don't have. Um, I never bought four because I thought four looked stupid. Great game, by the way. But it's I never right. bought. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 not three is my favorite. I, I know three that, is my favorite. Not, also, yeah, that we're 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 a rare breed, Mike. <laughs> three is. I just I enjoyed four when I went into four thinking it was going to be garbage, and I really enjoyed it. I'm actually doing Shattered Memories for the first time later this year. For this cool. October, yeah, I need to play that one. I, I own it, and I've never, I've never even popped it in the Wii. I, I'm not playing the Wii version because fuck the Wii. But <laughs> I, I have the Wii version. I'm going to play the PS2 version. Oh, I forgot it came out on PS2 and PSP. Yeah, <laughs> the Wii version is different, of course. But like, I just don't, I don't, I, I hate the Wii so much. So Me I, too. I can't, <laughs> I can't play. I have a bunch of Wii games. I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> Wiggle is just not my. I, I I have to have a controller in my hands or I'm not happy playing a game. Like I can't do other stuff. Sure, it just doesn't work. That's cool. I I don't know. I just kind of fell out of buying games physically and just fell out of that hole. But especially the older stuff, like I just I emulate now, so I'm like I'm I'm good. Especially they don't want to re-release it in any shape or form. I'm good. Yeah, I'll just emulate your game. Like again, that's how I mean. I feel like that's how most people would probably play this game nowadays. You'd emulate. I mean, sure. Five bucks is not ten bucks is not bad for this game. Well worth it on eBay for ten bucks, but like. But again, if you have... can get a working PS2 and you know yeah. have the room to hook it up and and all that stuff, and and you know again, and you may TV. not have a television that you can hook a PS2 up to anymore because my my main television I can't hook my PS2 up to it. You know, times have changed. I mean, I'm just so sad this game did not get re-released. I mean, I get it now, but it makes me so sad. Yeah, 
it, it's a series that deserves a lot more love that, than it got. You know, Devil, Devil May Cry got an HD collection, but again, you know, original designed characters. So no no issue there. They just had to up them. Yeah, I just uh, just changed his face. Put a mask on, whatever. I don't care. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just release the damn game again. Because this game was, I mean, the only thing I didn't enjoy about this game was I did not enjoy the Nobunaga fight because it was too long and too hard for me. Yeah. I didn't, I actually didn't like the uh, the big statue battle after that because oh, it, Goldar? It, yeah, it was supposed to be like the big like kick ass like uh, you know you feel so powerful moment, but I I, I burned not. through like the rest of my healing items in that section. Um, I came into this fight with like over fifteen healing items and multiple full heal items, and I went through everything but three full heal items in that final in in the final form fight. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> and it's not thing- fun. All you're doing is like backing up and and shooting laser beams and then dodging or attempting to dodge a bunch of stuff that seems nigh undodgeable. Uh It's dodgeable with save states, by the way. Only (laughs) if you know where it's coming. That helps. (laughs) No, it it was ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculously hard and it it goes against it it goes against one of the things I hate in games where we're going to give this boss so much health for no other reason but just endurance. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, I, I mean, I just it's just too much. And it bothers me. Yeah. I, I much prefer the Fort and Bras fight from the end of Onimusha 1. Like, that fe- feels like a legit boss fight. Um, I don't remember it, but I remember it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, you know, you have to die. He actually does similar attacks to Nobunaga in this game where he does, like, the the lightning where, like, the it telegraphs it on the ground and then you have to move out of the way. And he does, like, some swipes and stuff like that. But, you know, he's a nice big snake boy to slash at. And he drops, you know, extra souls as you do damage. So you know, you're able to, you know, bust out your magic at a pretty good clip. It's, it's just a really good cadence of a boss fight. And I felt like Nobunaga and the 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 gold, the, the gold evil statue, which is a hilarious name, um, just just <laughs> not not great. No, I'm looking up the fight from the first game. OK, I remember this wasn't that bad. I forgot that you didn't fight Nobunaga in, in the first game, that you just kill some demon thing and then Nobunaga just leaves. Yeah, it, it was it's really weird because <laughs> in this one you fight, you kill Nobunaga, it looked like. I mean, kill and quote, like he literally says, like, I'll be back, you know, okay. like after you kill him, it, it's, you know, that that's the fun part where you're dealing with like demons and hell and stuff. It's like, yeah, you can bring back whatever you want whenever you want. You know, <laughs> it was just too long of a fight. Like you said, he's in the air constantly. And then the gold fight where you finally turn into like you really turn into an Animusha. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool because you find out earlier that your mother is an Animusha and that you're part demon and stuff. And but I just didn't. It's stupid. It's a stupid fight. You're right. I mean, you're just backing up, shooting laser beams and you're just trying to destroy like five different orbs on him. And it takes a while. Yeah. And it's it's really annoying. The controls are different. I just and I did not like it. Yeah. And actually, we didn't talk about the the mechanic because in the actual game, you absorb these special like purple souls. And if you get five of them, you turn into your Onimusha form, but you can't choose when to do it. And it doesn't last very long at all. And it also doesn't seem like very strong. And it, it, I always, instead of being like this cool power fantasy, like when it activates, it always felt like a, like a kind of a wet fart to me where I was like, okay, I got to kill like two enemies. And then I was just walking around and, and it ran out. Cool. I wish it was more like a, like a, you know, a a button trigger thing that you could do when you had full, you know, purple souls and, you know, because they do that in uh, like the God of War games, like the the PS2 ones where, you know, you get your Spartan rage and you can activate it once you have enough meter, but you choose when to activate it. 
Yeah, it would have been nicer because I mean, I would get every so often too, and I was in the same boat with you. Like, I would save it and not grab the last orb, and then it was like, oh, okay, this didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, it was almost never that useful. So, and I get, I just didn't. Yeah, I, I did not like anything with the Ani with the Ani demon stuff. It just wasn't. Yeah, it was annoying to me. Yeah. And it's a bummer, it, too, because at the end of Onimusha 1, Samanosuke transforms into, into Onimusha form, but it's only for the ending cutscene, and he looks so badass doing he it. He does. And it's like, oh, I want to do that. And then in Onimusha 2, you get to do that, but it sucks. <laughs> That's what Onimusha Tactics is for. You can turn into an Ani demon, and it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I keep thinking about that game, and it's it's been a few years. I'm It's going to be on the show at one point, now, especially now that I probably found someone that would replay it with me, so... <laughs> I just I didn't want to do it like my first Onimusha game like as tactics. I'm like, no, I got to get the few other ones in, in 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 the can first. Yeah, you got to at least do the the first three before you start branching into the other like the two like offshoot games. And then I, I actually would be interested in doing Dawn of Dreams simply because I've never played it and I know it's like a huge departure from the other three. It looks cool. I've yeah. seen trailers of it. I've seen reviews of it. It looks really cool, and I I definitely want to play it someday. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's one reason what I do with this podcast is try to get me to play games that have been on my list forever that I just avoided. I'm like, this will make me play them. Right. <laughs> I think I put about 10 hours in Animusha 2 before I finished it. What my game time was. Yeah. I think. So not too long. I mean, long enough for, for me as an adult who plays a lot of games, but maybe not, you know, kid wouldn't, wouldn't be upset. Yeah, maybe. But again, there's there's so much other stuff to do in it. So and, and if if you are if you were a kid or like a teenager and, and, you know, that was like the game that you got for your birthday or Christmas or whatever, you know, plenty of reason to to go back to it and, and actually have new stuff to see before you finally like have done it all. And by the time you've done it all, like you've probably put a good like, you know, 30 ish hours into it, which that was actually a really long game for that era. You know, the games are too long these days, Mike. <laughs> I don't play many new games, so I can't speak a whole lot to that. But yeah, I do. I know you're. I see it. What you're talking about? Yeah, I put 115 hours, I think, into Octopath Traveler 2 this year. Ooh. I my second playthrough of Elden Ring was 80 hours. Ooh. You know, I just started Baldur's Gate 3, and that's supposed <laughs> to be about 100 hours. See, so. I can't. I'm. I'm gonna play. Breath, I'm playing Breath of the Wild here for our fifth year anniversary in January, but. I'm going to be beating that game in like less than 40 easy because I have to beat that game in two weeks, probably. The way I set up. <laughs> so it won't, I won't be doing, I won't be, it won't be no hundred hour game for me. Yeah. You just have to like fight the urge to not be like, what's over that horizon? Oh, that's like, not just, hard. Nope. I just, I just played Immortals Phoenix Rising like last week for this podcast. And I just main I, I mainlined it pretty quickly. Yeah. I, I, I can easily push away and like, nope, I just get what I need and I'm done. <laughs> Especially if I can have the difficulty easy enough to do it. And I don't think Breath of the Wild has difficulty selector, though. I don't think so. Because I played it once. I played it right after I beat Dark Souls. And I hated it because I got Dark Souls in my Zelda, I felt at the time. Oh, was, see, I didn't think there's enough Dark Souls in that Zelda. Because I like the combat still sucks. Weapon breaking. I, I hate weapon breaking, by the way. Yeah, I'm 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 not a fan. I can deal with it if it's like a decent like amount of stamina for the weapons. But it was... It reminded me of Silent Hill Shattered Memories, which is a game where you can get like a, a fire axe and it will break as you're trying to chop down a door, which is what the fire axe is made for. Oh, that game has breakable weapons. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, I, I shattered, hate... I'm sorry. Not Shattered Memories. Downpour. Downpour. Oh, OK, I haven't touched I've Downpour. I've heard nothing but bad things about. So, yeah, don't you should not touch Downpour. Well, I don't I don't think I have a copy of it and I'm not going to pay the exuberant cost what they want for it. So, 
Yeah, no, that you're you're not missing anything. Trust me. And it's never getting re-released. I don't think at this point. Yeah, I, I will. I take that back. There is some cool stuff in Downpour, but you can just YouTube that stuff. Like like some of the side content is actually like legit scary and like very interesting. But you don't have to suffer through the game. Just watch it on YouTube. I do want to play the whole Silent Hill series. Like that's been one of my goals. But I will see when I get there. I mean, I have Homecoming. I bought it on Steam when it was on sale at one point for like five bucks because it doesn't go on sale very often. And I was not paying for fifty dollars for that game. So, <laughs> but I don't know if I have Downpour, and I I I know Downpour's gotta be expensive nowadays. Oh, I I, I mean, doubt it. I know it's bad. Maybe? Like, but I don't know if I have that one scanned in my collection. Hold on, because I don't think I scanned my whole PS3 collection, but I may have. I'm real bad about remembering to scan shit. It's forty eight uh, bucks on PS3. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing forty six here in, in my CLZ. I do have it scanned. So yeah, it you know okay. it, it kind of retained its value. It did it didn't go up in value, but but also we're still at a point with like PS three and three sixty where most of the games aren't actually they haven't appreciated. Like most of them are still pretty cheap. It didn't go up in price like the freaking PS two era has. Not yet. Below. Yeah, it, it probably give it another five years, but you know, and we'll get there. I know I have I have a handful of three sixty games that are worth like a pretty decent chunk of change, but you know, most of them are still like going for like, you know, under 10 bucks. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I don't really I one game that I, I know is cheap. I'm going to look up now because I'm actually playing it. I'm I've been excited to play it with uh, Conan, the 2007 game. That's a good game. I like that game a lot. Yeah, I might I might I might be bugging you. I'm playing it later this year. And I haven't found anyone that's willing to play it yet with me. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're interested, Spe- especially as someone who really hates the direction that the God of War series has gone with the last two games, I could get down with an old school God of War inspired game. <laughs> yeah, it's always been on my list to play. I actually pulled out the 360 copy. I have it on PS3 that I paid five bucks for and 15 bucks on 360. And I'm like, I'm playing this this year once and for all. Yeah, I think it's on backwards compat on the Xbox series also. So it'd oh, be pretty cool. easy to pop in. Too bad my Xbox one doesn't work. So, <laughs> I got an Xbox One, the Titanfall 2 edition at one point, and it just crapped out on me one day. Ah, oh, it sucks. And I have, and I was going to buy a new one, but I'm like, I'll just buy a Series X because they're back compatible. And I have not bought a Series X. <laughs> I bought a Steam Deck instead. That was my, it was like, so I buy it's probably do I buy a Steam Deck? It's probably a better purchase for, for your needs, for sure. Oh, Steam Deck is amazing. Yeah. For what I do, so. I'm, but, I I want to get one one day, but I I bought the PSVR two this year, so like I've 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 spent my my hardware budget this year, so it's we'll, we'll, we'll worth see. it though, especially <laughs> for like I play majority I try to play majority of the games of the podcast on the Steam Deck. If it's PS one yeah. and and before I can easily PS two I can easily too, but I can't I don't know how to save stakes. I just didn't mess around enough with it. But it can also run like so many Steam games that I do. Right. So yeah, it's really yeah, cool. it's great. I'm currently. Um, playing dead rising on it unfortunately <laughs> i want i want to like that series more than i do <laughs> breakable <laughs> weapons and time limits i found out i really hate both of those things so we'll yeah s- we'll see if i get through it because i'm contemplating just not playing it and using youtube so we'll see yeah <laughs> that never happens on this podcast i i play every game for this show and i'm just like i i, I don't know <laughs> That's fair. i just don't know if i can do it i I played like an hour of it yesterday and I got through the first case and I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> One thing that I wanted to be sure to mention before before we we wrap up, yes. because it, I think it's it's absolutely worth mentioning, especially because it, it, I, I love this era. So to for a little bit of setup, you know, again, at this time, I'm working at a video game store called Game Fellas. We have demo systems set up. 
And so one of my favorite things to do in the morning would be to put in, you know, a game on the GameCube, PS2 and Xbox that we would let run until somebody wanted to pay to try something else. And I would always pick games that had really fun attract modes because I, I loved them. And the attract mode for Onimusha 2 is fucking awesome. It's it's just like this really cool music video. Well, it's not a really music video. It, it, it's like a it's a, you know, cut of like a bunch of scenes from the game in a really like flamboyant editing fashion. But the song is Russian Roulette by Hote. And you may be asking yourself, I don't or saying, I don't know who that is. I don't I don't care. But what if I told you that he is the one who did the song Battle Without Honor or Humanity from Kill Bill, which is the infamous Crazy 88 intro scene song? The down, da, da, down, da, okay, da, I don't. Down, don't, down, don't down. I said it was weird because to me it was it's, it's very cool, but it's weird for what the game is. It doesn't look like this would be for a horror game. Yeah, well, and I think Onimusha 2, you know, it's kind of like Resident Evil 2 in the sense that it, it's definitely, you know, stepping a pretty far, pretty far back from the horror roots to go in a, in a different direction. Because even, even the actual like CG intro, like once you start the game, is pretty, you know, it's very different artistically. Like, at, like when they introduce the characters, they all look like they're in this like diorama scene for for each of them like it almost feels like some sort of play but this song fucking owns and (laughs) the cool thing is that if you have the japanese version of onimusha 2 the actual music video for this song plays once and only once when you fire up the game for the first time like before anything else happens but then it doesn't happen again unless you take your memory card out like, if, if the game detects that you have played it, then you will not see that music video again, and you can't select it from an op, from an, from the menu. Like, it, it just oh, disappears. Weird. But if, you, but if you have, like, a blank memory card, or you take your memory card out that has your save data, and the game doesn't know that you haven't seen it before, then you get to see it again. And I, listeners, just go look up the music video for Russian Roulette. Thank me later. It's a really cool song. That dude's really awesome. And then you'll want to watch Kill Bill again because that song also fucking owns. Like, it, it's it's so cool. <laughs> but I, I, I have such a fondness for this generation of attract modes. Like, I remember when Eco came out on PS3 and I fired it up for the first time and I started to cry because I remembered when I used to put Eco for the PS2 into the, P, into the system in the morning just because I wanted to hear the really pretty Eco music. And it just, like, transported me, you know, back in time like literally like like I, I could see the store perfectly in my head and so anytime that, that i'm gonna play like a like a game from this era i always let it sit because i want to see what it's gonna do because the games don't really have attract modes anymore because no you know there's not really a need for it like you're not really gonna do these games aren't really being displayed anywhere in a store or anything like that so why why take the time and budget to produce something like this but man when, when they did them they were fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing that I, I do want to mention that we brought up earlier is like, I was so surprised when I saw the ending of this game and said, get, you know, it said Animusha three com- coming soon. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was stunned. I was, I, I, I could not believe it, and, but it, it's also cool because like it answers the burning question of like, why isn't Samonosuke in this game? Cause at the, at the end of Onimusha one, they say he was never seen again, but even so it's like, okay, but you, but you did mention him at the beginning of this game and you go back to the castle that he fought in. So why isn't he here? And then you see him briefly at the end. And yeah, it, it'll be fun to talk about Onimusha three because I remember at the time the intro CG was like 
the most incredible thing that had ever been done in a video game. And people were just like blown away. And they're there. They even did. They, I think they even released like a making of the CG intro because they like they motion captured horses for it. <laughs> All right. It was pretty intense. That's not something you see very often. Yeah. No, we did. Animation won two years ago. It was in 2021. I felt like it had been a while. It yeah. Had, wow. That Okay, that has been a while. I thought it was last year, but I don't... Yeah, I must have... Took me a bit to get back to this. Yeah. I think I'll do three next year just because I kind of want to... I want to play more. Because now I'm more into it. I mean, one I enjoyed, but one was also a trip down memory lane where this was a brand new experience, and it grabbed me more than I expected. Yeah. And I'm... Again, I... My memory of Onimusha three could be vastly different from what it actually is because I'm I now I can't remember like what the actual tone was like if if it goes wackier or if it comes back to like a more grounded state I do dimly remember that like the the Onimusha transformation for Samanosuke is more fun in three but don't quote me on that and the Jean Renault stuff is actually pretty neat because he has like a like a chain whip sword like Ivy from Soul Calibur. Oh yeah, I I saw Animusha three back when it came out. My my friend had had rent had somehow had it. I think he rented it, and I remember watching it, and it it looked really cool. And I and yeah. I watched trailers. I've been trying to be careful, but I've been watching like I'm at least comfortable watching trailers for a game because I won't spoil anything. Really, it's a trailer. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he does have like some kind of change, and it looks cool. Yeah, like, I'm I'm excited to try three because the time travel thing also has me really interested. To, I didn't realize that they switch places essentially. Right? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think they each start in their respective time periods fighting, you know, demons, but then at some point they switch. And I, I don't remember if there is a way to, like, I, I think they stay in their swapped, like, time frames, but, they're, but you go to, like, certain, like, save points, basically, where then you can switch characters, if memory serves. And I think you, no, I don't think there's any, like, puzzle solving that, that involves, like, going from the past to the future and vice Last versa. Year. But I think there are parts where you have to, like, switch between the characters for for various reasons but i think you can do it it's not it's not like a chapter thing where like now you're playing jean renault and now you're playing samanosuke i want to say that you can switch at certain like save point type things that's my memory of it anyway okay i'm looking forward to it and one thing i almost forgot to say that in the kind of important not really but uh all you the girl that joined you find out is nobunaga's sister yeah uh, we've we've really haven't talked about the story because like the story is really nothing to write home about it's it's literally just a device to get you to like from cool set piece to cool set piece. It's just like a revenge story. It's all of yeah. Ju- Nobunaga destroyed Jubei Jubei's town, so now he's going to kill Nobunaga. That's all it yeah. is. Jubei is a very boring character. He's very of the age. Even even like the 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 voice actor for the dub is like he's just doing the gruff. I don't care voice that everybody did in this time frame. It's really annoying. Yeah, I also I, I, didn't like how i realized like midway through the game they stopped giving you gold once it's no longer important i'm like oh man yeah that that was when i really clued into oh i'm not gonna be going back there am i no. <laughs> it's like i haven't gotten golden forever <laughs> they're always dropping and all of a sudden they're not dropping anymore i'm like oh no yeah but oddly enough you're still there's they still drop items that you can trade to the other characters but you never have a chance to trade them like i had i had so many unique mushrooms by the end of the game and it's like <laughs> i can't do anything with these <laughs> I didn't know those were tradable. I thought maybe they were edible, but I never mess with them. I looked. No, they actually are under the gifts tab. I don't oh, know okay. why you would give those to people, but I mean, you can do things to make people hate you, so they, so they try to kill you. So there's that too. Oh yeah. So maybe if you're, if you're trying to get like a specific outcome, you you know they have the items there to make sure that you poison the well with a character. <laughs> yeah. 
That makes sense. I don't know if they have a good effect or bad effect. I didn't look it up. I just didn't care at that time. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was already like, well, I was just trying to make everybody like me. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I can't, you know, we're done. So, <laughs> and I still have a ton of items to give people, but no people to give it to. Yeah. I was very upset. Oh, right. I do actually have a few comments and memories to read that people actually had. I was able to find people to comment, which I was Excellent. not expecting. Uh, so I'll start with that. We'll go to questions, comments, and memories. Uh, first from the I Watch the Entire Obla Super Replay group from William Izari. I think I might like Animusha better than RE. Than RE. Okay. Mm. That's that's high praise, but I'll take it. And from Danny Foster played it when I was 10, and I can still hear the creepy voice calling Jubei. Yes, that was creepy in the opening at the beginning of the game. It's so bad. The voice acting is so bad. <laughs> it is, but it's still creepy. Jubei. I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not like it. I'm like, this needs to stop now. <laughs> From Quentin Crow, Animusha 3 is amazing. It still has one of the greatest opening cinematics pre-game and video game history. Okay. Yep. It, it it's it's legendary for a reason. That that is one thing I, I forgot to mention about, you know, like just realizing how far we've come. That that's the other thing that I love to do about going back to older video games is like, oh yeah, like the CG in this game, which was like, you, you know, those were always like the big, like high bar, like tent pole moments is like not even a fraction of what in-game graphics can do now. Like it, it's, it's just amazing to me to, to just watch games evolve over time. Yeah, it really is. I'm with you on that. And from the official laser time community, let's see. I got a, I got more than I expected people to comment on this game in general from Greg Moore. This game used the likeness of the late Yusaku Masuda, making it nigh unportable. You might recognize him from the Ridley Scott movie, black rain. Masuda died the same year. Black rain came out. And I've always wondered how hard it must've been to secure the rights to his likeness posthumously. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering is like, maybe, maybe there was like relatives or an estate that they could deal with then. Cause I think he had been dead for about 10 years when, when Onimusha two came out. But maybe now there isn't anybody left to deal with. Yeah. And then you get into this weird thing because, like, you know, people's likenesses don't necessarily go into public domain in the way that, like, copyrighted material does. So, you know, because and, and, and honestly, this kind of treads into, like, pretty eerie territory right now with, like, you know, yeah, AI crap. likeness rights and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, it, it's a, it's a very tricky thing. And, and I'm sure it's it's also no you know, easy feat to go back to the PS2 version and, and change the character's face, right? So, and then so then I'll just come back to the same thing, just remake it. Like, I think I think this would be a, like a perfect entry and, and a, a good game to remake because I, I think there is a lot of, like, meat on the bone and you I think you could do a lot of cool stuff with it. And as much as I love the Resident Evil remakes and I still want them to continue, I would like them to re-remake Resident Evil 1 and Code Veronica and then do a new Resident Evil 5 that is not a remake, just a new Resident Evil 5. Let's pretend that 5 and 6 never existed. We'll do a new <laughs> timeline. But as much as I would like to see those, I would also like to see them revisit Dino Crisis and Onimusha. Yeah. They... And also Maximo and Demon's Crest. And Some the, the list goes on and on. Saturday Night Slam Masters, you cowards. I would love to see... Veronica needs a freaking remake, remake just because that game is... I'm actually playing that game, unfortunately, this year. Oh, I love Code Veronica. Like, it's, it's one of my favorites. Terrified but, of playing that. I'm going to be cheating like a dirty whore, but, you know, I'm <laughs> terrified of that game. That's, you, you want to talk about intro cutscenes? That's one of my favorites of, all, like, just the choreography of it. And they actually recreate it in one of the Resident Evil movies, but I don't remember which one. Um, I do like that opening where she drops the gun and shoots him. Yeah. That is awesome. So cool. 
I'm, I'm with you. I, I played it before on PS2 at one point, and I was like, I'm going to beat this game legit. And I got to, like, the house area, and just I was out of ammo, and I had screwed up, and that was the end of that. Yeah, there's there's a couple pretty easy to easy fail states that you can get to where you just run out of ammo and and you're you're kind of locked in in a scenario where you're just kind of shit out of luck and that sucks. Don't get me wrong and and that's why I would like to see a, a remake because I think the story is interesting and I love the Ashfords. Like I I think their their insanity fits so well with the Spencer Estate stuff that that it 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 really works and and the remakes have been doing a good job of like actually making a pretty unified like story that actually connects the dots together so i i want to see them revisit code veronica but same uh, i also code veronica really should be resident evil 3 but that yeah, <laughs> is resident evil 3 i know why it's not but that is yeah i will stand on i i still hate the fact that sony did that to them yeah i get it from sony's point of view it was like you fucked up you 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 screwed things over because that game yeah, I love our. I yeah. love Nemesis. It's a great game, but that game is not RE3. No, yeah, and that that was why I liked Code Veronica so much. Is like it felt like a return to form, like you know, pacing wise and and gameplay wise, like it felt closer to Resident Evil One to me than than two and and especially three. Like three, so you know, action packed and and you know, lightning fast. Three is and Code Veronica just just favorite. has a like a more methodical oh, pace. But yeah, no, I don't like I don't like that. I like the more actiony. Yeah, but I I get it. Like I'm, but I'm also hate horror games. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do not like them at all. Like they bother me. I just I do it once a year for this podcast, but they bother me otherwise. They do bother me. And I have a couple more comments. One from the same guy, Greg Moore. The other remarkable thing about the Animusha series, in my opinion, is that they barely even introduced the extremely cool Ison system, which is where you attack just an enemy attacking to instantly kill them. You can chain them together, take out a room full of enemies in a single string. This should have been built as a key feature but it's left buried for you to discover or miss completely. Yeah. It, yeah. It's uh, I, I cracked open the instruction manual just to make sure <laughs> that I hadn't missed any gameplay stuff, um, which man, I miss instruction manuals. That was always my favorite part of buying a new game was like taking it home, unwrapping it, reading through the manual and then popping it in. And, you know, then around the 360 generation, they stopped printing manuals and it was a huge bummer for me. That was kind of the, that was honestly the beginning of the end for me. Now that I think about it as far as collecting, because it's like, now it's just a now it's just this flimsy plastic case with a disc. Yeah, it's not the same. I'm with you on that. All right, and then from Miles Kaminsky, I just finished the game trilogy with Yusaku Matsuda and have been itching to play Animusha 10, Animusha 2 again. And from Nick Turner, the first game rules, and I've been meaning to get to the rest of them ever since. You definitely should. Yeah, you're missing out. I'm in. I think I'm now on board to play more of the series after it's been two yeah. years since I played one. <laughs> It's funny, and if we ever get around to Dawn of Dreams, I'm sure I'll, I'll reiterate this, but I, I yeah. looked up why, I was like, why didn't I buy that game? Because I loved Onimusha, and then I realized, oh, it came out in 2006, and I had already moved well into, like, the 360 by that point. Like, that year, I know I bought Final Fantasy twelve and God of War two, but those were probably the last PS2 games that I bought, you know, at launch. This is a late uh, PS2 game, then. Very late, yeah. Because 06, 360 is already out, so... Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I, I bought my 360, like, about four months after it launched, so I was a pretty early adopter of it, and it was kind of one of those things where, like, I would kind of go back, again, like, I, I played through Final Fantasy twelve all the way through, and I beat God of War two, but I, I was like, but 360 is the new hotness, like, I'm not getting achievements when I play Final Fantasy twelve. this sucks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, I, I was I was in that same boat. I got completely absorbed into achievements and everything. And I dropped my PS2 and moved on. 
Yeah. So, and that's why now I'm going back. No, I, I definitely want to do Dawn of Dreams. So that game just looks really cool to me. And I know nothing about it. Same. Yeah. So I'm, oh yeah, it's, I, I, I'm also now on the show trying to finish series more than I was before. I'm making more of an effort. So yeah, we'll probably do like one a year and then just wrap up the series in a couple of years. Cool. Cause I, I don't think I'm not going to wait two years for three. Cause I, I want to play, I want to play Demon Siege. Yeah, me too. Which is supposed to be the end of the game, end of the series too. Cause it even says like the conclusion is coming, but does it? Yeah. Cause you make another one. <laughs> <laughs> then the series died. Yeah. And you know, I, we can, we can, I'll, I'll try to dig up some stuff as we get closer. Cause, cause I, my memory is that like, you know, the series did decent numbers, but not like phenomenal numbers. But then I think the issue with Dawn of Dreams may have been, you know, the main character design is not all that great. But then also, again, so late in the PS2 era, they really should have yeah. done a port to the 360 and PS3. And I think that probably would have like found some extra legs. I think that would have worked because people had moved on at that point, And mm-hmm. 360 is such a huge adoption rate, I feel. Yeah, or PS3, yeah, like I, that era. I feel like a lot of people got into gaming then and, and didn't. I think even though PS2 sold, you know, crazy numbers, like the game, the gamers, a lot of gamers went to the next system. Yeah, absolutely. even I did. And I was a freaking 18 year old kid and I went to 360 pretty quickly. Yeah. So I didn't have money. <laughs> I, got, <laughs> I always remember my friend got money for college when we were in high school, senior year, instead of going. And then he bought a 360. Yeah, no, I, I would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like you know i remember i was you know like no people just were like people were really big into that system but no i'm watching the like a uh, gameplay of animusha dawn of dream it looks really cool so yeah, yeah it'll happen i i think i want to just play all four of these and then and tactics and i kind of want to play blade warriors just to play it and review it but we'll see <laughs> it looks doesn't look it's i know it's a fighter at the yeah, time it's like a smash Brothers style fighter if memory just, serves it's weird it is yeah it's just weird all right, and then I have a from the last group I'm going to read from, the Animusha Freaks group that I joined two years ago. <laughs> I promoted the other game. From Kat Ruggiano, my favorite thing about Animusha 2 is the friendship system and how it can change the route. This did my gameplay experience more Richter since I like to interact with more characters and know more about them. Yeah, you know, as as much as I complained about how much or I Richter, missed. that's the word, not Richter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Richter uh, Belmont, what does he have to do with this? As much as I complained about how much I missed, I still, you know, again, I think it's a really cool thing for, for replaying it. It, it. it gives it legs, and I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I could, I could see if I didn't have other games to play that I would, you know, want to replay this because I didn't get to experience some stuff. Yeah. Uh, from Ari Rashami, even it. Even it has a new leading character, new story. Capcom nails it with Animusha 2. I like it as much as the first one. Ani, Ani 1 could have been way longer. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I have another comment from Isai Osum. I was blown away whenever I replayed it with finding new random encounters constantly, as well as branching narratives that can affect the plot and your playthrough. Yeah. I was not expecting for to come on this show and have us talk about very different story experiences. Like normally with games like this, especially like the Capcom stuff, you expect to have like the same experience, right? Like we'll just go beat by beat by the story because we have the same story and we did not. And I, <laughs> I think that's very cool. Like, I mean, I'm um, still mad that I missed on Kotaro because I didn't give enough gifts. Yeah. And I had like, all the gifts. I just, I'm, I hoarded them. <laughs> I'm mad that I missed out on so many items. Like <laughs> there were so many boxes that Jubei couldn't open. And I realized, oh, it's because I'm supposed to be a different character here. Mm-hmm. And I missed all of that. There's also hidden items too, like completely hidden. Like I picked up a frog at one point. I picked up the frog, and apparently that's like a pretty like RNG heavy thing that ha- that you can miss. Oh, there were other items too that like the game told me examine this or talk to this guy 
after you got this, when you come back, after you've done this, and then he'll have a new item for you. There was stuff like that, too. Yeah. Again, very obtuse in, in a soul's way where I just <laughs> could not stop drawing the, the comparisons where, where I was like, this would slot so well into that format, but also be, I mean, I guess, you know, you have Neo, right? And you have Sekiro. So there, there are games of that ilk that, that are mining this territory. But even so, like the Onimusha stuff has like pretty distinct look and feel to it. Like, I'll, yeah, I know I talk about this a lot when, when I'm on the show, but like sound design is so important to me. And like, I love the way like the the hits sound and like the 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 enemy's death screams and <laughs> like the the Eason counter, like the way that sounds like it, it's really great sound design. And, and like that when you when you kill an enemy on the ground, there's just like a really good squelch that your that your weapon does like that stuff is very Onimusha to me where. You know, if they did do a new one and it didn't have like that type of sound design, I'd be very upset. <laughs> no, I'm with you. The sound. I mean, I don't care a whole lot for sound, but I did play this game with sound on the whole time. And I, it did add to it for sure. I mean, sometimes I would just listen for footsteps that weren't mine. Yeah. Oh, look at you, Mike. You're growing. You're like, I am. I play with more sound, sound now, on. I mean, horror I, games, you have to have sound on, too. I'm like, you so have to proud be able you. to hear what's coming at you. Yeah. Because, See, like, I, it, and it helps. You know, I'm over here like playing my PS5 with the 3D headset because it's like I'm like I want to hear it all. You know, like I, I I just I it's it's such a big component of, of games for me and and yeah like I that that slashing is so good in this in this series. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really good. No, I'm I'm trying. I'm I still not big into sound for a lot of games, but every horror game I'm playing for the Spooktober will have sound on the entire time just because I I need it and Animusha too it helped me a lot through this game to, to yeah. know what was coming. Absolutely. I mean, hell, that freaking boss of the parasol, if you don't hear her yelling at you every time, you won't know, oh, should I better block? Because she's off mm -hmm. camera. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. That, was, that fight was miserable. But we either talk about that. And last comment I'm going to read from Scott McDonald. I want this game remastered for all consoles. Yes. <sighs> like, it, it bums me out. I mean, we talked about it already, but it bums me out that this series is not has not been thrown into a collection to like the you know here's two three or here's two and three here you go i have a collection for like forty dollars yeah but they can't so i get it because they got to pay people that they don't want to pay again but you know that. you know but maybe you do dawn of dreams because from what i understand like that character is just like an original design and that would probably because i think that game like they don't do pre-rendered backgrounds in that one i think it's all 3d so it would probably be easier to up because i know that's a big issue with like these era of games is like it's pretty hard to up res like the pre-rendered backgrounds if you don't have the original files, which a lot of these Japanese companies didn't hold on to. You know, that, that's the issue you run in with like Final Fantasy 7, 8 and 9 for those HD remasters is that, you know, the backgrounds don't look as good as they could because they kind of had to work with, I think, like the like a PC port in some situation. Like, it, it, there's some weird stuff with with those remasters. I haven't played them. I played the FF8 remasters. I did play that. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's, it, you know, like there are modders who have done better work, which is frustrating. <laughs> like if you look at the Mogary mod for Final Fantasy IX, it looks flipping gorgeous. And then Final Fantasy IX on modern consoles looks fine, but it does not look as gorgeous as that mod. And it's like, guys, like just regular people are showing you up. Like, let's, let's put a little more effort. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> a project passion versus we're only going to pay you so much to do this. Get it done now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. If you don't get it done in time, we'll fire you and get someone else to do it. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that doesn't help it. All right. And before we go on to Shelf Stacker Box, I have a code I want to give away for Steam for Anomaly 2, which is a tower defense game, I think. I don't know. But free code. So and the code is GRNTR93A83TBY7. I think that's an I. So pretty sure that's an I. If I doesn't work, try one, but I'm pretty sure it's an I. All right, there is your Steam code for Anomaly 2, which I have never played, but I have I, I have it, so you get a free Steam <laughs> code. All right, let's go to Shelf Stacker Box. And a shelf being something you really like, stack being something that you like but not as much, and then box being something you disliked. And I'll go first. I'm going to put this in the stack. I had a great time with this game. Sure, there were some parts that really irritated me, but overall, since I beat it, it's been a week. I've been sitting on it, thinking about it. I really liked it. I have good things to say about this game, so... It's going. It's going. In, it's going on the shelf, and I'm. I am now excited for more. Yeah, very excited for more. And and I didn't. I I left Musha one not excited to play two, and I'm leaving two excited to play three now. So cool. All right. And what about you? Yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna put it on the shelf. Like I don't think I enjoyed it as much this time as I did in 2002. I I definitely have like some valid complaints, but at the same time, I still think I like it more than Onimusha one. And I think it's probably the most interesting of the first three games with the whole, you know, town hub mechanic and, and the gift giving and, and the different routes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, sure. I, I, I have a I, I have a real soft spot for this series, but also and I forgot to mention this earlier, but like Capcom is my favorite developer and I just love this period of them it, it, like so much like. Even their mediocre stuff in the PS2 era is still super fascinating to me. So uh, it, it's it's really hard. Like, honestly, most of the Capcom stuff, if you have me on from this part, I'm probably going to put <laughs> it on the shelf. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> is a lot of it, like, I guess this is considered a mediocre series at this point, isn't it, then? I wouldn't say that it's considered a mediocre series. I, I think it's just, you know... It didn't have the staying power that Resident Evil did or Devil May Cry. I like Onimusha better than Devil May Cry, like the, the series. But I know that, you know, I I think splitting the difference between the Resident Evil and Devil May Cry's mechanics, which is basically what Onimusha is, you end up, you know, as a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And so I think like the people who are more into the Resident Evil style may not like how actiony Onimusha is, but the people who love Devil May Cry don't like how Resident Evil Onimusha is, right? So that's it, fair. At some like if they brought it back, again, I, I think the best thing to do would be to try to do a soul style game. But if they but barring that, they would have to pick a lane. Either go further in the Resident Evil horror aspect or go all in on the character action with like the crazy juggles and stuff like that. Cause you know, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure we talked about this on Onimusha One, but literally Dante <laughs> like juggling enemies with the pistols. It came from a glitch in Onimusha One, where the enemies were popping up like after certain heavy attacks that you know they weren't supposed to do that. But you know, the the Devil May Cry team was like, "That's kind of cool. We're just gonna do that for <laughs> on purpose." <laughs> Devil May Cry's are such good games, though. They are. I I've realized recently that you know. At certain point, those types of games started to appeal to a a certain type of sickos, which that's been my term for like the the people who get way too into you know like based on the the that comic strip with the guy with the sickos shirt like you know looking in the mirror in the window going yes ha 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 yes you know and 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 like 
a lot of fighting game people who are all about like, you know, the frame data and, and get uh-huh. that in the nitty gritty. They're the ones who have really like taken the character action fandom and ru- run with it. And so the game, those games have started to cater more and more to that audience. And it, I, they've passed me up. Like I can't, I can't play them because I, I like, I'm not in that world in that not mindset. Like I just want to, you know, I've said it before on, on nerds without pants. I want to press square a couple times to do a slash attack. And then I want to hold down triangle to do a launcher and then jump up into the air after them and do more slashes like that. That's kind of the extent of what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't want an action game. Well, I, I want an action game. I don't I don't want to don't don't make game I have to be frame perfect and, you know, be doing like com like combo study and theory and, you know, optimizing, you know, stuff right like i just i just want to go in there and press some buttons and make the things die no i'm with you i get it i i I enjoyed this gameplay more than i expected this time around way more than i expected so i'm with you there all right and and for next week you can hear us talk about i shouldn't do what we're talking about next week resident evil one for ps1 i'm revisiting that for the first time ever playing that that version oh so good oh man man another game where the sound was on (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can't. You have to hear what's you know, happening. Stuff st- st- stuff like um, blood, chill. I want you to search for more clues. Hope this isn't Chris's blood. I, like so the, the line reads are so good. And then it, it's. I actually saw this uh, on Twitter the other day. Someone did. I think they took the the in-game models from Resident Evil One Remake and recreated the FMV like character intros from Resident Evil One, and it was really good. But you cannot compare to the actor who plays Wesker doing that really like he just comes off as such a prick uh-huh. in, in, in like two seconds of footage. Like it's a, it's phenomenal. God, I love that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a game. I'm it's yeah, I had never I played the remake, but I never played the original. So it was my first. Yeah. It's my first time. Oh, don't get me wrong. Original. It's difficult to go back, especially after the remake. But. I've I've played through that game so many times across so many versions that I can still enjoy it for for what it was. But I have but I, it's it's harder to put myself back in the time frame because the remake exists and the remake is so incredible. Yeah, I I love the remake and even though that game terrifies the hell out of me, that that's a great game. Yeah. All right, and Julian, where can people find you at? You can find me uh, on the Nerds Without Pants podcast. We're on Twitter at NWPCast. I will call it Twitter until it dies because it'll die before I do. It will um, die probably in the next couple of years the way Elon's going. So Yeah, it, it, that, that's that's generous. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> sooner than that. It'll probably be dead um, in 2024, but yeah. And uh, yeah, you can find us on most podcatchers. We, we are aware of a known issue with Apple Podcasts. It, it has not updated in over a year. I don't know what, I don't know how to fix it. I'm tr- like, but the, but, but why are you using Apple Podcasts as your podcatcher? Like, like there are so many better apps out there. Just, just, just get, get a better app and you'll find us on there. You can find me on Twitter at Julian underscore Titus. And yeah, come, come check out the show. We, we are a listener, listener interactive show and. Um, we're all, we always like to hear from new people and our shows are long, you know, it, <laughs> but you know, we, we will, you know, be with you for half of a work day every week. So, you know, for there, for, there's a certain type of sicko out there who that appeals to. So you're, and you're, you're our people. So, you uh, know, when I used you to like work, the long podcasts, <laughs> when I used to work overnight and I was in a truck for eight hours of my 10 hour shift, just sucking up garbage podcasts. That's how I got into podcasts. That was a godsend. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now um, I am I, on the phone constantly, so that does not – I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, I, I think I discovered them when I was working at the landfill on night shift. So, yeah, I would be – it was like a 12-hour night shift, and so would listen to just tons and tons of podcasts. And, and fortunately, I, I now work a, a work-from-home job where I can, you know, listen to them all day long, so – I, I I listen to a shit ton of podcasts and I do like the long ones. So like, you know, Castle Super Beast is one of my favorite ones because they're like us. They'll they routinely, you know, crack the three hour mark every week. I try not to. But then I also release three episodes a week right now. So, yeah, <laughs> so three yeah, hours of podcasts is not fun for editing. Yeah. <laughs> now, I in my job, I'm on the phone a lot, so I, I can't listen to stuff, unfortunately. But yeah, it's a bummer. I don't I don't listen to many podcasts anymore and I don't drive anywhere. So I don't listen to many either, but I still enjoy it when I get time. Yeah. And I'm walking or something. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there's over 500 other episodes of Games My Mom Found. You can find everything on Podbean. Just search whatever you want. Search Musha, You'll find the first one. Search Star Wars. Search Beautiful Joe. You'll have an episode on there. We've done tons of random stuff over the years. So definitely go check out our giant catalog. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. For a little dollar, you can vote in our Patreon polls. The current poll is more horror movies that Mike has never seen. It's Hereditary, The Witch, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 version or The Exorcist you get to vote for a little dollar what movie I have to watch I've never seen before I don't want to see by the way <laughs> so little dollar you can vote in our Patreon uh, please, we also have a Discord you'll see the link in the show notes please join our Discord and chat with us it's free and you'll see it, the invite is all good now if you tried before in the past and please follow us on Facebook Instagram Twitter and on YouTube audio only but I am on YouTube and please review us wherever you listen to us it helps out the algorithm, helps out the show, makes me happy. So all those things. I think that's everything I need to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you want to get oh, two things I almost forgot to say. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Hastry. You can follow her on TikTok. And want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker did the MCU movies with me. Started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out also. And that's everything I need to say. We will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>